What's good? Welcome back to Agitator, the modern day retelling of Rocky Balboa starring two mystic juggalo weebs. Today, guest starring, return guest star, Ryan Jackson, author, screenwriter, podcaster, host of Mutual Aberration Society, and all of its spinoffs. You know, I don't know. That's my intro. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. We need we need some more soundboard shit up in here. What's good? What's good, I, fellas? I've been telling David that's what we need is a soundboard. soundboard so that yeah. whenever when we drop a slur, we can just press a button and we can go, it wasn't us. I didn't, I didn't say that. Those R2 D2 say and I are like going so. with the with the we are characters route with all this kind of stuff. It's fake, it's not real. Yeah, y'all should uh, get like a soundboard that has like some sort of like uh, Mike kind of Mike centric shit. I don't know, just random random sound clips from like Mike movies or mm-hmm. fuck it, mm-hmm. any kind of like Japanese weeb shit. You know what I'm saying? That would be that would that would definitely take take the podcast to a new a new era. Throwing <laughs> some whoops. yeah yeah those uh, uh, yeah you know <laughs> i was thinking about how in korea with k-pop the way that they say i is nega right <laughs> and so having like the singing voice like nega like we and we can just put that in <laughs> <laughs> that'll go over well that'll go over well pretty good yeah plausible deniability because it's oh, korean exactly. it's korean yeah they don't know i've actually seen some really funny tiktoks of black people getting mad about korean music it's like what did they just say and then people have to you know explain to them the language thing and then they're did like you- i don't care it's still bad i posted this um this video from one of the nick at you remember nick or treat it was like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's like nick or treat nick or treat it's like yo and he's like wait a minute what <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> it's, fuck, it's wild as fuck i'm like yo they, they got been, away with it <laughs> i've been seeing those <laughs> i've been seeing those old 90s commercials pop up all over the place they yeah, there's some wild ones there was that one with the slime and the uh in the like super soaker thing the, super, the slime like, gun yeah where's the, like, the people slime are, like getting money shots in the skirt like little children at that too so jeffrey <laughs> epstein shit like it's fucking <laughs> like what the fuck this was oh, like, who is this days. who is this for like who is this commercial for like <laughs> oh, i think we know <laughs> yeah I've been, I've been reading um you guys ever read program to kill Oh, of course. I love Program to Kill. Yeah, I was reading that shit. And it was just making me see that that type of shit and everything now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really glad that the left has gotten on to Program to Kill because it, it took a while. I feel like podcasts like Subliminal Jihad have, yeah, for sure. have made Program to Kill kind of... There's also, I don't know if you've heard the podcast Program to Chill. Yeah, I that's listen a, to both a, of those. Yeah, It's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. He, does, uh, he did a great series on... Uh, Timothy McVeigh with the woman who wrote Aberrations in the Heartland of the Real. So yeah. Program to Chill is really worth checking out. I don't know if he does it anymore, though. I think my man quit. No, no, no. Jimmy Fallon gone. He's still putting up episodes, I, I believe. I think oh, so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because okay. I seen a new episode pop up not that long ago with some dude who just wrote a new book that's, you know, parapolitics related. Some shit about Hell yeah. Some shit about I can't remember. I was just listening to it though. But yeah, that's that podcast is dope. He's uh he's got one about um uh, x that's fucking great have you listened to that one Mm-mm. 
oh shit it's, it just talks about how like the shit that he was into like mm. he was staying with this porn this this guy who does porn down in this mansion in miami him and uh ski mask and like how i thought you were talking malcolm x at first uh, you no, no, said no, ski no, mask no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, x x tentacion one of the worst names ever but but i mean in terms of just like what does it mean like i mean just the name on paper is like why is this this name would never work but like but then when you listen to like uh the podcast and you it, it kind of seems like this kid like really did like sell his soul to the devil oh, or something like, like, you know like what the fuck like you know like, yeah, absolutely just... he did he absolutely did mm-hmm. um there's also a really good biography mm-hmm. of him by jared kobeck who yeah that by the internet also... yeah, 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 yeah 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 it's yeah. really good it's and yep. it doesn't it's one of those pieces that balances uh with all due respect to the dead what a piece of shit he was right. with how you know kind of troubled the whole situation well i could never get into his music though i read that book and i thought to myself i'm gonna listen to this dude's music because he's really? such a you know tortured artist and then I, I i remember i was in an airport i was my flight was delayed i popped on one of his albums and i heard like three songs and i said this shit is not for me <laughs> what so, about his uh what about his christmas ep you ever hear that i don't know the one the one I do like is the one that he did oddly enough with uh Rich Chiga. You remember that guy? Yeah, Rich he changed his name to Rich Brian. <laughs> oh my bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Rich 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 Brian. Uh yeah. uh Crown, I think was what it was called. But that one went that one was good. I don't know if he was dead or not yet. There's a lot of posthumous stuff that's been pretty good, but mm. I uh I think that so much of his music with the albums that I heard anyway, kind of depend, like you have to be a teenager to really mm. fuck with that. You know what I mean? Because I he's so. The question emo. mark album is a masterpiece. Like okay. you got to listen to it as an album because it, he, it, it'll be that. Oh, suicide slipped my wrist. I fucking hate everything. I'm so mm-hmm. sad. And then it's like, I'm a fucking book. Like he, mm. I mean, it's emo shit, but like, I think he uh, is one of the only artists of his age to, uh, in this time period, like that he was doing shit to uh, sort sort of be able to construct an album and not just these this singles shit. I've listened to that question mark album and the Christmas Carol shit. Like, was it called Hood Rat Christmas or something like that? I liked. I listen- uh... I like that question mark album, but I also liked um, one of those early albums. The one that had uh, what's that fucking song? This the jo- song Jocelyn Flores. Jocelyn Flores, I actually like that. But it, but when you look into that Jocelyn Flores shit, that shit is creepy as fuck. Like <laughs> because you know the story about her, right? Like yeah. she she was some fan of his, a young girl. She was like a young teenager, fifteen, six, something like that, fifteen, sixteen years old. That that he had brought down to Florida. And then, like, um, they got into some, sh- like, some, he, he, apparently, he wanted her to model for him or something. Very sus. And apparently, there was some sort of, like, relationship there, um, romantically or something of that nature. Um, and then they got into some sort of disagreement, and she leaves, and then she commits suicide in her hotel. And the police come in there, and they find her, and they deem it suicide. But then when you read, when you see her suicide note, it's in X's handwriting. And then he releases this song without the family's uh, not knowledge or consent called Jocelyn Flores. 
And the way that they figured it, the way that they figured it out was one of the family members was just was in his car and the song ended. And then it was like, that's Jocelyn Flores by X extension. And he's like, what, what, what the fuck? And like um, the whole shit about it is strange because it does seem like, um, again, when you get into that sort of, you know, he was definitely into the occult. He was definitely into like, you know, Crowley type shit, sacrifice. Remember, I remember uh, what's the a ski master that he sacrificed. His, he had to, their friendship like split because he was like trying to like sacrifice his soul or he sacrificed his soul. And again, mm -hmm. that porno mm -hmm. dude that they stayed with, like has this fucking mansion with like Baphomets on the wall and fucking pentagrams and shit. It's just weird. It's just really mm -hmm. weird, weird shit. You're just like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Reminds you know me of the Island Boys when uh, the one of the creepiest things that I can think of is when that one Island Boy did a TikTok, which nobody really seems to talk anymore about where he's like, yeah, I sold my soul and everything just kind of feels like nothing anymore. Uh, and I was, I thought to myself, God damn, that this feels, it felt true when I right. saw it. And also it's weird. You know, I think, I think the reason people don't talk about that one is because of the other Island boys video where they, <laughs> the two brothers were making out. I think that mm -hmm. might kind of cancel it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was it true that they were Island? They're called Island boys because they were they on were. Epstein's uh, Island. Is that a they, thing? They say no, but there's a picture with these two boys with Jeffrey Epstein who look strikingly do similar. they have the dreadlocks in the face they don't tattoos? have that they're just little, they're, <laughs> okay. they, this is pre dreadlocks but they look <laughs> if they were like eight-year-old boys and they it's, had the dreadlocks in the it's face back tats. when they were white they have face tats already and shit like damn you got face tats that young like what the fuck yeah. before uh, no. they were face tattoo americans yeah before they were mm -hmm. face tattoo americans uh, <laughs> monster energy drink americans as kelby <laughs> before that happened uh like uh yeah, they look, it does look like them. They said it's not them, but who fucking knows, dude. There's so much fucked up shit going on. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting uh, rabbit hole to go down when you really start to look about like cer certain people, specifically when they're really young, just sort of like rise from obscurity out of nowhere and they sort mm -hmm. of like rock it. And then you just, you're like, what the fuck is that about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, and it's not because of anything that you can like reasonably like, point from like it started here point a and and track tra uh track i can't speak uh track the trajectory of like someone's you know path from relative obscurity to out of their stardom um when it's people like x are like there's a lot of people who just sort of just kind of appear and then you look into their backstory and you're just like okay like this guy's not like he he definitely was talented but did he really have any sort of charisma i mean like he kind of did i guess but like it just seems like there's some other missing link to this because you know so many people who who had that story right who come who've been on mm -hmm. the grind like literally like this dude was grinding for 10 15 maybe longer years and then finally popped guys like him it was like no he was like two years and then he was gone he made and a song a right song. He, he made a song and and it mm -hmm. was just like unstoppable at that point and it was and it's it's weird it's just a weird thing where you start to really question like uh and i've seen some weird shit like my my time in 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 and around like hollywood and the industry there's just certain people you're just like yo what the fuck like how do you like something's not right like there's there's definitely people in certain positions who can sort of like literally open the gates 
of hell for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Of uh, you know, like, and literally be like, now you're a thing. Um, and for the and 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 you know, I think the new Danny Brown album. You know what I'm saying? Like he's talking about you know that uh you know some rappers selling their booty hole that type of shit. Uh, to quote Danny, I mean that's what, I mean I mean in my experience, uh, there's some of them do. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean I've heard I've heard my I've heard my fair share of shit where I'm like, oh really? Oh okay, well that's all right. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Danny Brown. <laughs> well, somebody who did not sell their booty hole is a little man I like to call Takashi Miike. Uh, that is somebody who genuinely worked their way up through the ranks. He worked mm. in uh, V Cinema mm. for a while and got his bona fides through doing every single job on a set that you could possibly ask for. Got his first directing job when another director dropped out. Of course, you know, with his V Cinema projects, a lot of it's Yakuza runs. So he's often very cagey about what happened to the other director. Creative differences, I guess. Did creative, he creative differences. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Went on to uh, direct some titty movie. Well, they're not really titty. They're not pinku movies. They are mm. um, like lady cops in bikini movies. Really USA 2002 Skinamax type. USA up, think, like, <laughs> USA up all night. USA up all night. Silk yeah, stockings. Yeah. I've seen. Movie. I've seen a couple of them. They kind of have that made for TV look. To, and they're not skin flicks either. It's it's really just. I don't know that kind of magazine eroticism that's like, ooh, yeah. they're in bikinis mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. gonna solve a mystery. Yeah. Um, and now fast forward to 2022. I mean, he really obviously popped in about 1998, 1999. He is the godfather of this show. We named the show after him. And so anytime he comes out with a new project, we have to talk about it. And his newest project is as the supervising director on Onimusha for Netflix, uh, dropped a few weeks ago based on the Capcom video game of the same name. I've got a lot of cool uh, Onimusha lore. I have uh, some Reddit hater comments that I'm going to read to you guys. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, Kelby, Ryan, have you played Onimusha? Do you have a history with the series? Uh, because I do. I I mm. played everything. Cap. I mean, Dino Crisis, Onimusha, Devil May Cry, anything that to me they were untouchable at this period of time. Where I think I think the first game came out in two thousand and two, um, which is right around the time I was getting out of games. But the first game came out. It still had those tank controls like Resident mm. Evil and Dino Crisis had, but it was more action oriented. So that it was. Even though it was after Devil May Cry, it was kind of a step back for Capcom because they reintroduced those clunky controls. And but I'll stop talking. Did y'all play Onimusha or no? Well, I played Onimusha, but I only played Onimusha at friends' house. It was one of those games that like I knew people that had it. So my only experience with Onimusha, the game, was always in that capacity where it's like I was over at a friend's house and we played it. And like I remember, mm -hmm. you know, him going. He had the fucking Oni Gauntlet on and fucking, you know, and like, so like when they, when the series came out, I was like, oh shit. Like, I remember, I remember this game. Like I remember mm -hmm. playing this game, but uh, yeah, that's, that's my experience, but I actually never owned it, but I definitely played it. Yeah. 
I didn't know it was a video game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So what is what is this? Uh, what do you do? Having seen the anime and finding that out afterwards, what's the game like? You like the game is like Resident Evil. It's got its static cameras. Um, you are. Uh, let me get his name right for the for the real ones out there. Let me pull up the lore. You the are, first game, by the way, is called Onimusha War. You are Musa- Musashi, right? Musashi Miyamoto. Not, nope, not in the game. In, the, in game, the game, you're a guy named uh, uh, Samanosuke. Samanosuke. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is Samanosuke. Yeah. Now, now yeah. I'm, re- I'm remembering like that in the video game. Samanosuke. You know how they got some stupid yeah. scenes where they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the guy in the first game and the third game. You're a different dude in the second. The thing about Onimusha is that it does utilize historical figures. Uh, in the game, the bad guy in part one is uh, Oda Nobunaga, who was the first unifying emperor of Japan. I'll get back to him in just a second because I have some interesting info on him. But uh, basically, it's pretty standard save the princess from the castle type shit. Uh, mm. Evil emperor makes a deal with demons, Genma, right? Mm. Uh, and you are a powerful warrior who has to go in and, and save them. But it's got that... The only way I can describe it is the Resident Evil, the early Resident Evil aesthetic. You find keys, mm. solve puzzles, uh, creepy soundtracks, but it's all in this kind of Sengoku era um, Japanese village, right? And you're fighting strange creatures. It's much more action oriented, but not uh, Devil May Cry action oriented, where you have dual pistols and you know a sword, and the action in that was much more fluid um it is uh i remember it as being it never quite hits the level of of uncanny creepiness that games like dino crisis and which even though it has a b-movie name is a genuinely creepy game Mm -hmm. and resident evil 2 hit right it just never quite it never quite hit for me i like the show a lot better than the game but i wanted to really quickly because I wanted to see, uh, apparently Nobunaga is the bad guy in a lot of anime, and he's the bad guy in the first Onimusha. And so I googled, why do Japanese people hate Nobunaga? And I found this post, which I thought was really funny. Uh, So he's complaining about this new anime that's coming. This is in 2005, uh, Mm -hmm. a new anime that's coming out that has Nobunaga as the bad guy. And so for people who don't know, uh, there were three emperors. uh, There was Nobunaga, I forget the middle one, and then Iesu, I think, was the last one. And they're responsible for um, unifying Japan. So that third one that I mentioned, if you've ever seen Silence, he's the guy who was like killing priests and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So this, these were the guys who united all the warring clans of Japan together and uh, essentially made Japan super isolationist and is are credited with having with Japanese people having any culture at all. For not being overrun by westerners but nobunaga the first one is really hated how many times has nobunaga been the villain in an anime or video game why do the japanese hate him i don't get it he came really close to unifying japan and tokugawa that's the last one it's like tokugawa iesu or whatever who was a protege of his finished the job really why do they hate him i don't get it why is the only game i've ever played that portrays him in a good light kessen a game he's dead in before the start of. 
I realize that there are many reasons why Nobunaga might not be liked and why he can be debated about forever. I mean, he did some nasty things, like wiping out the Hiei monks. And so you say, okay, interesting. But he did what he thought he had to do to unify his country. I see a lot more praise for Tokugawa, who probably has even more blood on his hands than Nobunaga. So you go down a few posts. Uh, it's just interesting, like Japanese history autists who are debating like whose war crimes are acceptable or not. <laughs> yeah. Um Let's see. Uh, a little disclosure. I'm an Oda lover. Out of the three, Nobunaga, Hideyoshi, and Iyasu, I think Oda was, is hands down, my, the favorite in my book. Why? He got the ball rolling and shook up the power structure, was quick to adapt to new ideas like firearms, cunning, aka cutting off the head of the snake with Imagawa in an all-or-nothing battle, and truly seemed to be able to pick out superior qualities in others. Still, he had his faults, and I think it was it is what has left him open to be the bad guy. First off, he was, and I mean truly, ruthless. I mean, burning a whole mountain of men, women, and children, Mount Hie, just to get the monks? Yikes. Yeah, that's a yikes for me too. <laughs> uh, let alone that one action set him up as a religious threat to all who truly believed in Buddhism. That's just one mm -hmm. example, but yeah, that kind of leaves him open to be painted in a bad light. Second, I think Oda really runs counter to what a lot of Japanese really think is the best road. I mean, in a nutshell, I see control as being the buzzword for Japan in almost everything. You mm -hmm. can't have that be your goal and then glorify someone who sidesteps the rules. Coincidentally, I also suspect the same trait is what makes him appeal to American students so much. Anyhow, in a country where Tokugawa's answer of wait in the old school story of what to do with the bird who won't sing. So basically it's like uh, Oda says, like, if the bird won't sing, I'll kill the bird. Uh, the second guy says, if the bird won't sing, I'll force it to. And then the last guy says, I'll wait. Um, in the old school story of what to do with the bird who won't sing is considered to be the wisest what to do. Um, but yeah. So I thought that was it. And now for all time, Nobunaga is in anime and Onimusha and just <laughs> is, is like the devil. Like, the, like there are actual legends of him. You know, he he uh, aligned himself with devils, much like XXX Tentacion. Mm. Much, yeah, yeah. A lot of, cool, lot of uh, synchronicities there. there. Synchronicities yeah, between yeah, the two yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 500 years from now, the bad guy and everything is is <laughs> New new listeners here for the uh, Onimusha review are wondering what the fuck is this show? They're talking about XXX. We we always we always tie it in. We always tie it together. We loop it back. Who is who back. is the uh, who's the emperor and the last samurai? Was that a real dude? Uh, let's see. The who emperor was the emperor? In the last samurai, oh, it's probably Meiji. Oh, that was from the Meiji dynasty, so yeah, that, that was from the after. Meiji dynasty, yeah, that was after. Yeah. But they they specifically mention, um, in the anime that we're about to talk about, which I meant to look up, like the Sangako war or something like the war between samurai that Musashi mm. was in. Um, that I think was a Nobunaga thing, but I will look that up. Later. Anyway, so he's the bad guy. That's a long way around the barn of saying that he was the bad guy in the first one. 
And the third one is notable for starring, uh, I know Ryan's going to know who this is, but Jean Reno was the star uh, of The, the Professional? Yeah, yeah, Leon, yeah. Yeah, 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 some crossover there. So you get to play as Jean Reno because mm. it's like some kind of time swap where mm. um, the hero from part one goes to modern day France mm. and Jean Reno goes to uh, Sengoku period in <laughs> Japan. And they they and then eventually they team up and fight demons together, which I think is tight. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I, I liked to. Uh... It's just I like I'm I'm a sucker for anything that that has to do with like, you know, this period specifically, you know, like anything that's around the Edo Edo period, anything that's a little mm-hmm. bit after before it, like I I I can't help but like something about like the samurai, this idea of like these people who had a code, and then the whole the whole history behind like the samurai uh, and how they how they became sort of like sell swords and you know mm-hmm. swords for hire and ronin and then the, then the rise of the the yakuza who were gamblers some of them were samurai um rogue samurai more or less uh like so like anything that traffics in that kind of shit I, i'm just a sucker for uh mm-hmm. i actually uh it's funny because uh i think karando mitsutaki the one guy who i've had on uh, my podcast for uh from japan was actually he actually kind of complained to me about like a lot of like how a lot of people in Japan identify with the samurai. And he's like, most of us aren't fucking samurai. He was like, we're like the peasants, the people who fucking hated the samurai. He's like, mm-hmm. but like as a culture, it's become such a, a fucking like a prominent export and a symbol of Japan that like it's, he, he views it as this weird sort of like uh twisting of sort of the Japanese psyche to to identify as samurai samurai culture even now um which is very when he when he said that it made me think about it like yeah you know what that's a that's an interesting point because I've never never really viewed it that way you know obviously because hey, you guys know that thing that's really cool that you like a lot that's that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> no he still likes it he still <laughs> liked it but he just he just felt like that like like in terms of like uh the people in japan as as in general like kind of there's too much of an identification with the samurai um he felt you know what i'm saying which again like i've never actually heard someone say that before uh but it was just an interesting perspective for someone from from there to have i was like oh shit like, i never really it's I like how uh Mm-hmm. How we, how we as Peckerwoods really associate mm-hmm. with our uh, Viking blood, you know, <laughs> without taking any anything into it, that we would probably come from the peasants or whatever, and, right? I mean, right. I'm or from like Czechoslovakia, so I'm definitely just trash down the well, all the way down the line. <laughs> well, it's like uh, people who talk about like white people in America who 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 try to identify with like slave slaveholders and it's like the majority of white people didn't own slaves because right. they were they weren't poor like i mean they i mean they, they were poor or they were poor or working whatever like you had to have money to do that so it was like it was really one of those things where it's like yeah the majority of y'all wouldn't have owned shit anyways like you know what i mean like so it's weird to identify with when they probably looked at you like you know the, the rich plantation owner the leonardo dicaprio type motherfucker <laughs> would look at you with the average white person like 
You know what I mean? Like you're poor. Bro, get your bread up. Right, right, exactly. What the fuck like, is wrong with like, you? You, know what I'm saying? On, on you don't even shit. own anybody. Right, you don't have no slaves. Get the fuck away from me. I looked up Sangaka. I think it's the wrong word because I found a Nepali porno website called uh, Boss Sangako First Night. Parentheses, Nepali sex story. Sex stories in Nepali. Uh, let's see here. If there are any good quotes, shower, Lida, we both were naked. Sermiro, boobs, grab, guard eye, suck, garak nouveau. I was playing with his dick. Ah, shower. My anyway. So, fuck. <laughs> I have no idea. Who knows what that just did to my computer? But. <laughs> not taking this one to school anymore um let's see anyway it's mentioned in the in the show which i thought was interesting um let's see da, 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 da. oh oda also revolutionized warfare uh he was he was basically like a tricky guy he was a tricky dude he used a lot of hey i'm gonna be here on this day you better come fight me and then they would show up and there'd be people surrounding him, them, and mm. he would kill them all. And he actually got killed uh, because he went to a tea ceremony with no, uh, n- he wasn't strapped, basically. Well, he got and caught lacking. Yeah, yeah. He got, he got, thank you. He got caught, <laughs> got caught lacking. lacking. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how they always go, right? <laughs> the <laughs> They're just like, oh, I'll lacking. be all right. <laughs> I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Um, so we get to, Onimusha 2023, there was going to be a movie Mm. in 2006. It was the producer of the movie was the same guy who did Silent Hill and Resident Evil, the ones with Mm. Mila Jovovich. Jovovich, Um, And the director was actually Christoph Gans, I think his name was. Christopher Gans. Yeah, yeah. He did uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah, yeah. And and Silent Hill. Yeah, he did Silent Hill too. You're right. Uh, Didn't uh, Mm. Roger Avery... uh, Quentin Tarantino's bestie, the guy who killed someone with a car. Shout out mm-hmm. to him. Um, <laughs> Shout out, friend of the show. <laughs> Shout out to that podcast that they do together. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, fucking yeah, uh, that that I remember I can liking. Feel our... it coming in the air. That's about a hit and run, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. A whole... <laughs> Shout out to Phil Collins. Yeah, shout out. That's yeah. my shit. Um, no, but uh. Yeah, like uh, I did like Christopher Gans. I could see, I could see him doing an Onimusha, uh, an Onimusha film. He would have, he would have did. I think he would have did a good job potentially. So, there, all the pre-production on the film was done. Mm. They were ready to go. They had casted the whole thing. The guy who plays the hero in the Onimusha games was cast as the lead because in the game they used his likeness. Right. Um, they had everybody except for one role. Who like so in the script they change up the plot a little bit they add white people to it like they do mm-hmm. uh so there is a, a a british guy who's trying to save his girlfriend who's one of the sacrificial princesses right and what happened was wait for it heath ledger died so heath ledger died in 2008 and this same producer who made Silent Hill, Resident Evil, and was going to make Onimusha, uh, was also making the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus at the time. Oh, yeah. Which is Heath Ledger's last movie that he died during the filming of. And so all the resources went into saving 
this movie. And Onimusha got pushed back. But unfortunately, it got pushed back to 2008, which is when an actor strike happened. So they couldn't fill the role of that British guy in the movie. And development hell type shit took hold, entropy, and the Onimusha movie never happened. But I looked at the script and it looks like it would have been shit anyway. So <laughs> I mean, it had a British guy in it. Yeah. Honestly, right. you know what not- this Onimusha does not have? Well, it does. It has Alfred. <laughs> Alfred, right? Alfred, yeah, yeah. Alfred. Alfred. Oh, I love Alfred. But he's Alfred. like a weird gay freak who yeah. gets killed. So yeah. Alfred you know. was on some different shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. you, you've gotta you've gotta Mikaize the the white dude if you're gonna mm-hmm. have a white dude mm-hmm. in the samurai movie. So you gotta Mikaisms mm-hmm. in this movie, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I I I love seeing the Mike touches in this, but we'll I guess we'll talk about that later. Anyway, fast mm-hmm. forward. Um, the movie comes out, gets really, or show, it's a long movie, right? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a show and a movie at this point? It's just, Splitting it's, it up into episodes. It's a three and a half hour movie. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but I'll just call it a movie. So it comes out mostly positive reviews, 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb or RT or whatever that is. Um, but the Onimusha stands are not happy with this at all they uh they think that the lore of the show has been corrupted so i have a few uh fun screenshots that i took to talk about that let's see here oh nope that's a dog my my first screenshot is uh from donald j trump happy thanksgiving (laughs) to all including the racist and incompetent attorney general i just i save trump stuff um (laughs) 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 oh bunch of couches we'll get to it here soon uh this is why there was so much corruption in that uh last episode we Mm-hmm. we we know not to pull out the phones around the task cam right and, and we do anyways and we do well i do specifically um this is from drunk rictofen honestly i was a bit disappointed though that might be me being a bit more bothered about how much of animusha's canon the series seems to ignore bro how many people know about Onimusha's fucking? I saw, I saw, I'm surprised. You, there's, you know, there's always, you know, there's always heads for everything, but it's just weird when it's there's Onimusha like heads. Yeah, like it's like what the fuck? <laughs> I'm a hell of a lore nerd, so breaking lore established rules is always a pet peeve. Other than that, I thought that the story in general was a bit more, and some of the characters were either boring, pointless, or nonsensical. We'll get to that. On the plus side, the action outside of one or two scenes were really enjoyable. And some other characters were quite interesting, so it isn't all bad. So he gave it a 5 out of 10. Uh, Abdullah FTW. Abdullah? I don't know about that. Uh, Writers clearly don't care about the Onimusha lore. Because the Oni Gauntlet and Oni Power is the core of the series. And they are making a samurai reject that not only that they make the gauntlet bad, but that is never the case with Onimusha lore. No iconic monsters, no references, no Oni sword magic. This is not an Onimusha. This is someone who just wanted to tell their weird story about Musashi and used Onimusha IP to get 
approved. Yeah, cry about it. Cope, bitch. Right. Probably. Go, go probably. write your own Onimusha fanfic, bro. Like, what the fuck? Like, right. like, like, like Jesus, what the fuck? I don't know, man. People are, you know, this is my problem that I've, I've, it's ironic that like this is a podcast with three writers and I'm saying this, but, but, uh, we have this weird obsession with like story and plot that is so fucking annoying. Like, um, and I don't know who to blame. I was listening to, uh, Peter Greenway, you know, who Peter Greenway is Greenaway. He's a director. He directed that movie, the cook, the thief and his, and his wife or whatever. He's okay. Yeah. He's a very interesting filmmaker, but he, he, he was doing some like talk for like BAFTA or something like, or, you know, the BBC or one of them fucking British fucking film consortium bullshit. And he was like, uh, he was, he said something that really struck like uh, a chord in me, which was like, he's like, we have a generation of film filmmakers who are writers and we should have, it should be a generation of filmmakers who are painters. Like yeah. he was, you know what I'm saying? He yeah. was like, ever since, and he's like, ever since like Charlie Chaplin has been this way, like, like um, since going back that far where it's like the film industry has become this thing about like writing. And it's like, really, this is a visual medium and like, it shouldn't be driven by story and plot, like the mm -hmm. way that it is. And I really think like when he said it and he put it, and he used those words, like this idea that it should be like, you know, filmmakers should be painters or should be inspired by painters. I, I felt like, yeah, that's that's real. And when you watch our when you watch things that are made now and when you see sort of the criticisms that people have, uh, it's all about like this, like bullshit, you know, like the story. It doesn't have a character like it doesn't matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, that shit is like irrelevant. Like there's like the killer. I don't know if you, you guys seen the killer, right? Uh, the, new, the new David Fincher movie. But, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. So, so the complaints about the killer are like it's not enough story, and I'm like, what the fuck are you like? It, it like this idea that like the characters have to have this sort of predetermined, one size fits all. You know, Joseph Campbell hero's hero's journey bullshit. You know what I mean? Like as if you can't tell a story that takes place, you know on in, in a, a specific span of time whether that's one night whether that's a series of days and it's really about this one incident that triggers this whole thing and we follow this person as they go from this to that and whatever happens and occurs in between is just like part of you know what makes the story uh compelling or enjoyable like people think that there's a problem with that people if there's no sort of like uh arc or like the character has to learn a lesson or the character has to, it's like very like ABC one, two, three, you know, like I just don't, I don't vibe with that shit because all the cool shit is like, yeah, there's some cool shit that we can point to that does those things. Right. But there's so much that it's just leaving out so, so much other cool shit out there that doesn't adhere to this template that this fucking, you know, this fucking cookie cutter formula shit that like we've just become, and I get it. It's a business, right? And when you're in the when you're in the when you're making commercial art, like uh, the people are going to go well. It works, right? And there's an established sort of, uh, and that's what you guys talk about a lot, right? Which is like <clears throat> trying to find that that happy medium where you're like you're acknowledging that like you're trying to have a certain level of uh, 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 like well success, for lack of a better word, and you're trying to have a certain you're trying to sell as many books as possible, right? Or get as many eyes on the work as possible, but also trying to do it in a way 
that caters to the market, but isn't completely void of what makes you unique as an artist, what makes you like human, because a lot of this shit doesn't feel human. That's why yeah. when that's why when people started freaking out about AI, the people that freaked out the most about it were, were the people who who kind of are already like doing that thing that AI does. The people you know, who care about plot and right, story. Right, right, right. You're already, you're already doing that shit, so you feel it it threatens you. You know what I mean? When, mm -hmm. when, when I feel like the, the average motherfucker who's making, who's a creative, I hate to use that fucking, you know, descriptor, but fuck it. You know, the average creator isn't worried about that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because people, they kind of understand, like, that's not the point. It's not, who cares if a computer can replicate what, you know, like, that's, it's not doing what I'm doing. And, for, and first of all, it's not a human. So, like, why would I, why would I worry? Why would I care? But then there are people that we know who really uh, fucking, they look at it as an existential threat to their existence. It's like a, it's like yeah. a carpenter in the age of uh, hand tools being concerned about the drill or something <laughs> like right it's oh, a tool no right a robot ain't gonna come in and take i i i'm i hand build these things like okay bro you can still just like pick up a faster tool and we gotta david and i've been fucking around with ai quite a bit and uh who boy it, it's there's a lot of doctoring that's got to go into it yeah i mean yeah. it it'll speed up the process of getting like raw material on the table of just that boring story shit that none of us give a fuck about, but you got to dress it way up. Nobody cares. Like, that's the thing. Like people think that like being able to come up with like a plot line, a plot or like an outline with a fucking, you know, beginning, middle end of three act, that shit is anybody can do that. You know, like anybody can do that. That's not really the point though. Like it's not, it's not about it's about the execution right it's not really it's not it's not about like the thing like the thing like yeah. if you gave three different writers the same idea you're gonna get three different fucking variations of a thing like you know what i mean it's like it's all about how that person executes the idea it's not the idea it's not the concept but yet there's this obsession with not just the people like who are getting paid to write uh consistently but it's an obsession with the fucking consumer with the fucking people who are like consuming this shit, they seem to be obsessed with it in a way that's weird. You know, they're like, oh, like it's not like this or it's not like that. And it's like, yeah, fuck you. You you can make it yourself if you want to. You know what I mean? But like this idea that it would be better if it was your way, most of like even that Onamusha shit that David just read, like that shit sounds awful. Like I like, you know, that version of Onamusha, like, like the fuck, that doesn't sound any different than anything else that's out there. At least this, in this version, um, was was interesting you know what i mean like i enjoyed it like i thought that it was it was a pretty uh a pretty entertaining you know uh take on this material based on a video game because when it's based on a video game let's be real like yeah you know the track record is pretty you know the bar is low when it comes and to I just unlock something for me real just real quick because ryan mm -hmm. unlocked something for me it's the idea that fans <clears throat> are interested in this it's because it's what makes what we do accessible to people who don't do what we do if there are rules to it an abc one two three thing that you can follow and you can point to and say ah that's a plot hole or ah they didn't adequately uh deny the call or whatever mm -hmm. people can feel like 
if not for my circumstance, that could be me. And you can't do that with a David Lynch movie or any of the movies that we mm. really like. You can't point to them and be like, well, where does the hero reject the call in this one? Uh, I don't know. So it's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, you're right. It's like a checklist for people who are like, you know, like, oh, that this is how I can, this is how I can like basically critique something, you know, is based on this sort of arbitrary list of, or, you know, of things that are supposed to be there. And if they're not there, then it's like they get some sort of validation out of that because at that point they can they can say oh it's not good now because it doesn't have these things and that's like that's stupid that's like anti-art dog. that's like you know what i mean that's like you can find an example of you know in any in any medium you can find an example of something that doesn't do what whatever the sort of uh whatever you think of as the definitive example of what a great piece of work is in that medium you can find another great piece of work that does the absolute counter to all that shit and it still works but people don't want to acknowledge that they just want to be you know again like it's fanboy shit i get it and when it comes to video games shit it's going to be it's going to be probably even worse you know what i mean uh weirdly enough but like i feel like video games have this weird kind of uh fandom where the expectation <clears throat> For, for anything involved with the game that's not the game is unrealistic as fuck. You know what I mean? Because like in their mind, there's never going to be something that someone creates based on the game that's ever going to measure up. And they're kind of right because this thing was a game. You know what I'm saying? And a game is a totally different experience. And it's an immersive experience. It's, it's an experience that's less passive because you're actually involved and you're doing shit in the game. Um, and mm -hmm. a fucking movie's not that. A book is not that. So like if you're expecting the book or the movie to feel like the game you're already kind of like you don't have actual like realistic expectations anyways like you're already setting the bar it's like going to fucking watch golf and being mad because they don't slam dunk like you know what i'm saying like yeah <laughs> it's like this ain't the shit dog it's different sports like you know what, I mean? what the fuck are you talking about yeah like imagine they make a death stranding game and autumn or a movie and automatically people are going to go all right how are you going to make me feel as invested in this child as if i traverse this harsh <laughs> terrain for 16 hours yeah. with it you're not going to it's a movie mm. like that's not mm -hmm. going to happen and it just feels because media media has all become like this amorphous sort of blob where everyone thinks they're all everything is kind of like cross-pollinating and melding together that people just have this expectation this flat it's a flattened flattening of fucking art it's a flattening of culture it's a flattening of everything where everything is just this boilerplate like blanket sort of expectation and it's like no one's making any designations at all mm -hmm. like it's just mm -hmm. like oh it's supposed to be it's like no it's a fucking game like yeah. you know what i mean or it's a yeah fucking and game. i think that the game by the way this is something that i found out recently because Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was on sale for eight bucks. So I bought it and I've been playing that. And I think Star Wars is best as a game, honestly. And I love the movies. I grew up on mm. the movies. I'm not a hater of the, the new trilogy either. I liked all of them. They're fine. They're good. But as a game, it's cool to be a Jedi and it's cool to fight monsters with a lightsaber. You like that Ryan it's, Johnson one? 
Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, the movie? Yeah. The, yeah, the, the Jedi, well, the, what is the fuck is it? The Last Jedi? What is I it? thought yeah, that was yeah. the only the good Jedi. Star Wars movie. That's my favorite. Like that Ryan Johnson <laughs> <laughs> I did. I like that. I like that one. I liked the... the the third one's J.J. Abrams, too. Yeah, J.J. Right? Abrams came back and was like, yo, Ryan Johnson fucked all this up. Let me fix it back yeah. to where I had it. Yeah. And he was like, no, dog, yeah. you actually made it worse, dog. Stop. <laughs> so much, yeah. so much worse. She's like, the I daughter of I thought it was all cool. No, but listen, listen. Cool. No, listen, listen. If that's cool. If you like it, great. That's a, that's a hot take, but it's also a contrarian one, which I appreciate, uh, mm-hmm. even if that's not the purpose of your take. But But my thing is, like, it only proved to me, like, I was really hard on The Last Jedi, right? Until JJ Abrams, came, JJ Abrams came back and then doubled back, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there's worse. There's worse things that you could do." Like JJ just, <laughs> I was like, "Maybe <laughs> re- retroactively appreciate the Last Jedi at least because it's like, dude, you just went back to the shit. Like what? Like oh, yeah. and weren't people? This is actually a great example because mm. as far as how why why I liked it. Like I fucked with mm. the Last Jedi because visually it did a lot of interesting shit. Mm-hmm. Like a, as a as a movie and auditorially, like there, there was right. a lot of crazy like sound shit that that they did in last jedi which star wars is like was initially famous for was like the crazy sound the not just the mm. score but just the sound effects that's like uh it's a legend in that arena but um last jedi like you know doubled down on that like visual audio side of it and pissed a lot of people off people with off. the story elements mm. And I was like, "Oh, I don't give a fuck." Yeah, I don't give. A, I don't give a fuck. I was one of those people. Like, I don't care if if if, J, if uh, Ryan Johnson decided to throw the lore to the side, like that. That really wasn't it for me. I just thought that like there were just certain things that he did that were just sort of like, like, like I was like, "Oh, you killed Luke." That like Luke just kind of like he just was like, "How did he die?" Remember, he just like sort of like made himself. He like trans he did like some sort of like uh what's what's the what's the uh when you fucking meditate and you appear somewhere else what the he, fuck is that shit he did the like, he did the clone jitsu from naruto but yeah but there's a specific, <laughs> but there's like, a specific what the fuck is that called i know you guys know what, what am i talking about where astral like astral project astral projection there you go david yeah. after he astral projected and then because he astral projected so hard he just like died i was like <laughs> you gotta be careful when you're doing that they don't tell you that but yeah if i was like hard enough so i was like dog just disappeared like, yep. like, yep. like he just went out like that like, he became like, one with the force and he also, went he out was like, like uh, what about that, that? What about that? What about that milk and the thing, that alien titty thing? With oh, the oh, titty? Yeah, that yeah, shit yeah. was weird. As I appreciate that weirdness. Yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of into that. I would drink it too. They should, mm-hmm. yeah, I would. Uh, they should bottle that alien titty milk and sell oh, that. And the way he was drinking it too, <laughs> he was looking all feral and shit. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was, he was I fuck with Rogue. It. I fuck with Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was 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 good. I fuck. I like that one. Yeah, I every I, now that I think about it, every Star Wars movie I've seen, I like mm-hmm. The Mandalorian too. Um, I liked, but I do think that it's a better universe for games. I think it's just better for games. I, I mean, it's it's a no brainer. The game mixes dark. Well, that was George and- Lucas's intention, really, wasn't it? With the first one, he was kind of like he wanted it to be this thing where he could sell shit. Like you know, he wanted mm-hmm. to sell toys and board games and all of that shit. Like you know, mm-hmm. he had this vision for it initially anyways it's pure aesthetics there has yet to be a really compelling star wars story Mm -hmm. outside of some of the earlier books yeah some of the earlier books adam but the movies have i mean what's the story 
it's like a basic it's a basic ass there's you know, a prince it, it, yeah it is the hero's journey journey right it's joseph campbell 101 shit yeah. like yeah. you know what i'm saying like it's not really you know it's it's yeah. it's not super it's, compelling and right. neither honestly is the story of the mandalorian mm. it's whatever oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, low, it's like, lone wolf and cub dog like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the mandalorian is lone wolf and cub like you know what i mean speaking mm-hmm. of japanese shit like it's lone wolf mm-hmm. and cub like you know so like if you like lone wolf and cub you probably fuck with the mandalorian uh because it's very similar um pretty much you know guy walking around with a baby much like uh shout out to mercy this book by uh this guy named kelby losak you should probably check that out uh a guy walking around with a young child you know um uh you know that kind of shit uh for sure shout out to death stranding we just already mentioned that uh mm-hmm. you know that's in the zeitgeist that's some shit that people you know so like again using that kind of like people don't understand like you can david you do this a lot or you just like oh yeah i like that thing i'm gonna i'm gonna take it and I'm gonna mm-hmm. do my thing with it. Like people, you're allowed to do that. Like mm-hmm. people have been doing that forever. And that's what I, when it comes back to what I was saying with Kelby was that like the execution, it's not, it's not the concept. It's not the idea. Like we all have ideas. Ideas aren't shit. Like people act like ideas are c- currency. They're not. Yeah. It's the execution <laughs> of the idea. You know what I mean? Like anybody can have an idea. I have 50 ideas every day, but like when you sit down and try to make that idea into a thing, that's what, that's what really, you know, that's that's what you measure it by really that's when you really like are putting sort of like your nuts on the table is when you sit down to make that into a thing what is that thing that you've made um and because again like people people come up i'm pretty sure you if people know you guys right they come up to you and like oh i got an idea for a book or i got an idea like do it all the time it's like yeah everybody does my mom has one this the old dude on you know that was jacking off outside the police arrested him he has ideas you know what i mean like there's people everyone has an idea for a movie a story a book or whatever but like yeah what is that what is that idea like it's usually it's usually it's usually not an idea that has been brought to life at all in any form shape there or fashion or if it has it's completely awful um and that because it comes down to like you know, it's like the 90 mile an hour fastball. Either you have it or you don't, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really think writing is something you can teach. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think you could teach someone who can write to be better. Like, I think you could teach yeah. someone the craft, right? Craft can be learned, but there are just some people. I've, I've, I know, I know. It's motherfuckers. voice. Yeah. It's it's voice. And if you voice. sat people down, if you, mm-hmm. if you really say, if somebody, nobody's going to do this. Mm-hmm. If you sat someone down and scientifically showed them what rhythm was how sentences can ebb and flow and how you know when to go hard and when to pull back i'm sure if you broke it down you could do it in math terms but nobody's going to do that and what's really funny about it this is the eternal mystery for me is that there are some people who don't who just don't hear it they don't i'm talking writers and readers right people some people just don't hear it they don't they don't care they'll read something that is so like gene wolf the book of the new sun they'll read that and say oh, i didn't really i don't know and for me i'm like you weren't captivated by every sentence that that man put on the page mm. no <laughs> not, not only no but what was happening what, exactly what are you talking about yeah, this what is was happening? this is bad writing because i can't picture it like a movie like, in my head because yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah again exactly because they can't picture it like a movie it's not a movie dog but you know mm-hmm. what i mean like again people have these weird expectations on shit they like like the game it's not like the game like yeah that's a video game yeah you're right it's, it's not <laughs> it's different it's not the same shit it's gonna be so, different. yeah 
I'm not surprised that people had, you know, issues with this Onimusha adaptation, but like, I thought honestly, it was a masterpiece. I, I loved it. Great. Yeah, I loved it. And honestly, when it comes down to like watching shit on Netflix, I'm like, um, this is this is some shit that's like counter to the majority of the shit I see on Netflix. You know what I mean? In, in terms of like, well, let me just say this. Anytime Netflix buys something from like somewhere else, it's usually going to turn out at least different. Because, you know, they, it hasn't gone through the next the Netflix machinery or the Netflix filters for right. it to become super Netflixy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we, we all know what that is, like Netflixy. So Onimusha mm -hmm. didn't didn't really feel that way to me at all. And you could tell, like you said, Mike, you can tell Mike's influence over this as sort of the executive director. Uh, there's so many moments in it that I was just like, oh, yeah, that's some Mike shit. Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'll point one out. Um, the uh, an episode five, I think it might have been the end of episode five with the sisters the fucking yeah. the best that's the best joke in the whole show <laughs> right get some point where you think you're gonna have this battle and then like musashi just like burks all of he's like fuck these dumb bitches <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. The, the brothers the brothers get a whole episode of battle yeah. and then the sisters show up and they're like he's just well they beat him once and then mm -hmm. they come back and they say oh now we're gonna flay the skin from your bones and he just goes and it's literally the punchline of the whole episode. He just goes whoosh, and cuts them all in half. And then it's like, boop, that's it. Roll credits. Like the, that's yeah, it's like a fucking single swipe and you just see their body parts dissected, like just fucking flying through the air. And it's like over. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That shit, that shit was like- I yeah, wonder too, with like, uh, with Musashi being such a famous figure and Onimusha mm -hmm. pulling from this is- uh, I forget who said this. Who, Kelby, who said history is fan fiction in our Discord? Do you remember that? Uh, I remember seeing that. Was that Glenn? Did Glenn say that? It might have been Glenn. Glenn. Or Eddie. Glenn. I think Eddie said, Eddie said, uh, Glenn or, Eddie, Eddie, or did Eddie say that was a, that was like a great hot take? I think I saw that in the Discord. It might have been. I think it was Glenn. I think it you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's what this reminds me of because is Onimusha, if the Japanese were to make, you know, this is Abraham Lincoln fight, <laughs> fighting Hitler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's, Mike is just taking famous, the Yoshioka brothers, mm. you know, this lore of Musashi mm. and being like, but what if Musashi is really old, mm. but he has a gauntlet that gives him demon power? Mm. And uh, Hitler, in this case, has made a pact with demons to grow super long arms. <laughs> what would happen? That I'd watch that shit. By the way, yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. definitely tune in. No, I agree with that. That uh, like Eddie's point that like history, you know, is kind of like it's in terms of like all biopics or or any sort of like historical historical uh, whether it's books or film. There is it is kind of fan fiction. Like even if they're trying to be like super. Uh, historically accurate you're only you're not actually getting the truth you know you're getting a variation upon like what we mm -hmm. may what may or may not be true based on the facts that we know it's it's never completely like documentaries aren't actually you know 100 completely the truth unless you know they're I mean? about joseph coney that one's real. <laughs> Coney 2012. <laughs> 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 well, I wonder what happened to dude. Last time I saw that dude, he was beaten off in public and then he was, it was over for him after that. I was just That's like, yeah. to all true geniuses. <laughs> the, the, the man gets him. You know, yeah. Whack, he whack, 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 he whack, definitely whack, got whack. MK altered or something. Like that was crazy. He did. Like, I, I've he did. never, I've he never got seen... too close to the truth about. Coney. Yeah. I, I never seen someone out like literally go from like, 
this person pushing this i mean i guess he was the start he was like the the first kind of like start of that viral kind of uh loose change was first i think and then and then coney he went loose yeah, i guess he, i guess loose change but loose change is more like a, a something that went viral on youtube right you know what i'm saying it mm -hmm. was a fucking documentary or whatever you know again scare quotes but like he was a guy who got online and promoted sort of this this you know if you want to call it a movement the pseudo movement to sort of like that specifically wanted to like get joseph coney right change something in a change country that's not america and then like where have we heard it? this and and then <laughs> and then like i mean you hear it all the time but uh uh but yeah like fucking i don't think i think at that moment like shit changed yeah like when dude like came with the coney 2012 shit and then like it became super viral and people started to pay attention and then like he had this psychotic break for lack of a better mm -hmm. description and he started the first person to go viral yeah. and also mm. lost his mind like, right right what happens with most early people who don't have an mm. immune system for this kind of shit mm -hmm. they they go crazy and i think i think that's probably what it was i think that he uh you know it's a mixture of wanting to help but also mm. really seeing the ways that helping could benefit you mm. so i think that I, I still am waiting for like a really good Coney 2012 follow-up document. Yeah. document, like about yeah. the documentary itself. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised mm -hmm. nobody has has tackled that. You know, we've got Alex's war, but we don't have whatever that guy's name is war. Because I think he's he's probably a super is he still alive? He might be dead. That's a good I question. Know. I don't know. I don't know. They should, call it, uh, they should call it Coney 2024. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Free idea. <laughs> that idea ain't worth shit. It's all about the execution. Somebody got to make whoever it. Does it. Yeah. Whoever yeah. does it. Yeah. Whoever does right it. Whoever does it. So Onimusha, twenty twenty three, uh, supervising director Takashi Miike follows Miyamoto Musashi. Book oh, modeled rings. modeled after uh, Tashiro Mifune. Yeah, yeah Tashiro yeah, Mifune. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 Tashiro Mifune, and um, it essentially it opens with him fighting ten dudes at once. It's a great opener, great action scene. Uh, in order to earn the right to take this gauntlet from a monastery in the mountains, uh, not sure. Now that I think about it, I'm not sure what sent him on the mission at first. Who cares? I guess. Right. Yeah, I, was, I love, I love that fast. they didn't waste time on that. I love that. Like, yeah, it was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. it. <laughs> they just dropped you in. Like, yeah. yeah. But uh, he goes out with a band of ninjas, for lack of a better term. Well, they're samurai, but, you know, they have like. <laughs> for lack like... of a better term for the samurai, <laughs> he goes out with some ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> you know so, so he's, he's close tasked, enough <laughs> they're all they're all tasked to um basically he hires them because goromoru or however you say his name uh the roly coley yeah, yeah the hawk guy he um he's explaining it to the monk kaizen where he he calls them the assistants to the assistant so like modest mm -hmm. yahoo or whatever his name is he's sent Masashi? to yeah Masashi. 
He is. How do you uh... come up with modest Yahoo first? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what does modest Yahoo think about Israel Palestine? Where does modest Yahoo fall? Hey, that's, right a good, now? that's a good question. He, he, just, he just, you know, he, he just. I need don't to know modest Yahoo no stands. <laughs> he he's been praying that there'll be no more war, and, yes. and all the people oh. will say that... he's probably pro Palestine. Modest Yahoo. He's he's probably one of those. Uh, Jews for peace, yeah. The ones you see in in the pictures. I bet he's not really Jewish. He was just like, what ethnicity could I get away with? <laughs> oh, a little um, little light modest Yahoo humor for the middle of the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah anyways he he's tasked with uh stopping the rebellion or something up in the mountains but he's he's supposed to stop old dude that he's going and fighting and everything Im- and these... Im- Imon, Imon, Imon. yeah yeah even yeah. though Imon. it looks like lemon lemon he's... yeah but yeah. it's yeah. Imon. it's perfectly <laughs> like yeah so Imon, which is again like what is it with Japanese villains in in sort of shows and in movies where there's always this villain that's like you see it in Berserk too. Like there's always this twink who's like no, very... it's a Miike thing for sure. Uh, have you have you watched Blade of the Immortal? Or, yeah. Yes. Or yes. Or, or or Thirteen mm. Assassins. Yeah. Miike's villains or Kakihara from Ichi the Killer. Miike's or Crow villains. Zero Two. Crow Zero it's, it's, Two. It's, pre- it's, it's President Miike's work, but I see it across so much Japanese shit. There's always this yeah. villain that's like super like androgynous and like very yeah, like. This guy you know, has mascara on. Like right. it's pretty. It's and funny. heels. And he's wearing heels. And at first I thought, I used to think like, yo, this is just a Miike, Mikeism. But then I'm like, as the more I watch it, I'm like, there's, there's like, it's a lot. It goes back and it's like a cross. It's almost as if they feel a certain way about homosexuals. Right. Like, just homosexuals are evil. Like, what is that? Is that like the thing? I didn't <laughs> say it, bro. I didn't say it. I mean, said I'm, it. I'm, I'm honestly know. posing the question like, what the, because f- it's so present in a lot of Japanese shit. Well, the sinister like, homosexual is like the villain is you think archetype. Yeah, but you think the villain is always going to be this like very formidable, like fucked up looking, like you know what I mean, like a big bruiser. And then you see, and it's like this dude who's like clearly like getting pegged. Out like hey, like, yeah, exactly. Like this <laughs> hairless, like fucking, you know, <laughs> hairless, <laughs> just a lubed up bolt right, like Keanu in the Matrix coming out of it, like. <laughs> I wonder if it's uh, ready. I wonder if it's just one of those juxtapositions that caught that they're all obsessed with because, like, over you could say in like a lot of American shit, they would think, "Why is the bad guy always the one that's completely right? Like, why does the bad guy have the the most the purest motive or whatever?" And over there, it's like, "Why is the bad guy always gay?" Yeah, I think that uh, in this one, whenever you see Iemon for the, well, he's in his study the first time, you don't quite get the full scope of his gayness. But when he comes out into that stadium and he's got the mascara on and the heels and he's, you know, flouncing about, I was like, oh, God love you, Miike. Mm-hmm. You came through. You came through. There's going to be a badass fighter who wants to fight Musashi, but mm-hmm. the actual bad dude, 
is gay. All right, let's go. And by the way, that was one of the biggest Miike-isms of the show. So um, whenever, and I, I knew when I was watching it that this was going to throw people for a loop. So Iemon wants to kill all samurai because in his conception, samurai are dogs and he's looking for wolves. Mm -hmm. So he wants to kind of cull the herd in a sense in order to find real samurai. Uh, he, he also uh, locates a gold mine that these villagers are protecting, acquisitions it, kills everybody, turns them into his demon zombie slaves, and is just generally, you know, kind of a bad dude. So he comes out and he gives his whole uh, evil villain speech about how Musashi should join him and they can be demons who rule the world together. They can take on the West. They can keep this infiltration of outsiders out. Mm. Um and then he tells his assistant, who is a lifelong rival of Musashi's, to cut the dude's arms and legs off so that he can be more amenable to his motives, basically. And the guy goes, ugh, you're boring me, basically, and cuts off the main bad guy's arms and legs. Mm -hmm. And what we get for the next few episodes is like this dude, this amputee wriggling on the floor <laughs> trying to get back to his lab. <laughs> and then once that happens, he meets up with another character who tells him that he's going to save him, then doesn't and poisons him. Mm -hmm. And then he pisses himself and you see the piss you know, dripping off the table. And I was like, that is Mike. The amputee and the piss, that's where we get yeah. him. That's definitely like, ah. it's definitely Mike's uh <laughs> that's definitely a Mike uh aesthetic, if you want to call mm -hmm. it one. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was interesting because like uh from my my understanding for the plot heads out there, like uh Iman e was sent there by the shogun, right? Because they discovered gold and anything mm -hmm. within the territory they claim. Mm -hmm. So he needed, he sent him to investigate, but he didn't come back. Right. So then because Iman is the most skilled of the Sam of his samurai, he sends the guy who taught him, but they also hire, they hire the fucking uh, uh, Musashi, right? Because he's a skilled swordsman swordsman. And he leads him with, I with Iman's, I guess, you know, other samurai comrades to mm -hmm. this village to find out what the fuck happened to find out what the fuck's going on but at some point and again it doesn't really matter but at some point uh musashi realizes that he's dealing with 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 fucking demons right genma mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's why he goes to, to to get the oni gauntlet right because he knows like he's going to need it in order to defeat iman and whoever the whatever the fuck's going on down here in this village uh and it's it's very interesting like how like it's a very and we never see who hired we never see the shogun the guy who who fucking orchestrated this whole thing to send this party to find him we never see that i love that i feel like uh that is a very uh mike thing to do that's a very uh you know like why 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 who gives a fuck like that's not the point mm -hmm. the point of the story isn't to like who sent them you know what i mean there's enough there's enough conflict already inherent that all we care about is musashi and sort of this this ultimate like showdown with Iman that ultimately doesn't be even happen because like you said David he gets his fucking arms chopped off by the guy that he resurrected who is uh uh I guess Musashi's greatest foe like mm -hmm. even he it says like yo like you were my closest equal 
you know, I defeated you because because Masashi's like a G, like he's done killed like everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just mm-hmm. like the the old. He walks ass. around with his arms in his robe. He's Bro, all like, right? oh, I'm so I'm scared. He's tired. scared of heights, low key. Like, yeah, like yeah. he doesn't want to cross. But he's also country. just like a yeah, fucking yeah. badass. Yeah, yeah. I I loved. I just loved the, the sensibility of of the series. You know what I mean? Like because it was mm-hmm. doing it's doing things that like you just don't see in Western shit. Because that's like you can't do that. Like you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to fucking like set up this showdown with this bad guy, then have him completely like incapacitated and his limbs cut off. <laughs> and the, and him and his rivals showdown doesn't have a payoff either. I know. Like yeah, you think that they're gonna have, and it doesn't even show you that. It just kind of shows them jumping towards each other. And then that it's like, was yeah, it's over. <laughs> ballsy. That was ballsy, especially for being an anime. But like. That's where it decided to go mm-hmm. a little bit sentimental, mm-hmm. like lean into more of the story. Cause it's kind of like, you know what happens here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just like, I don't know. It lets you sit with the emotional like vibe of the moment versus the like visual spectacle of it. Mm-hmm. And that, I thought that was great when he takes, I would have liked to see him kill him with the ore paddle though. That would have been yeah. sick. That would have been tight. I also respect that he the 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 the, the, tap, the decapitation scene with the fucking mm-hmm. little girl and the fucking that shit was brutal. I don't even want to say it completely because I do want I think people should watch the series and shit. But there's a, a memorable decapitation. Um when 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 she when she's holding the heads. Yes, that, yeah, that was, yeah, uh, yeah. That shit was like I was like, yeah, wow, they went there. And, you know, because because you can, you know, like you don't know. You think like I think this is still on Netflix. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and Musashi is like, uh, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm sorry I did that. I'm an Oni, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm mm-hmm. possessed by this. And then she comes back to him and she says, you did that because you're human. Human. Right, right. I was like, yeah. damn. And that's what the whole series is about. Mm-hmm. That's like when it stops being about good guy versus bad guy, who wins mm-hmm. and who loses. It becomes about something different. Mm-hmm. And people don't get that. Like subversion isn't just a tactic to surprise your audience. It's very particularly turning your attention away from this manufactured three-act structure that you're used to following and mm-hmm. saying, hey, why don't we look at this instead? And it very much becomes about what being a human means. And you retroactively you see that through the whole show like who's a traitor who's not what's their relationship to animals uh you know one guy spends his whole life looking at medicines that'll cure people one spends his whole life looking at medicines that'll kill people like these different elements of humanity mike slows down takes a breath and he looks at each one of them before they eventually die in combat or whatever and i thought that it had a real like all of his filmmaking to me gets noted for how gory it is how rapey it is uh you know all the sensational aspects mm-hmm. that, that people talk about with me but for me he's always had a real kind of koan aspect to how he makes his movies and people don't talk a lot about how sometimes punishingly slow his movies can be his his people don't give him credit for his diversity like in terms mm -hmm. of like his as output because he's made so much shit but the ones that get the most sort of uh the the ones that get talked about the most 
are the ones that are like the hyper hyper violent hyper you know hyper graphic so like he gets that stigma like with all of his shit when he's like got a lot of different movies you know what i mean like a lot of different fucking movies he's done he shows a a, a range as a filmmaker that's very like it's fucking vast it's not like he just does this one thing it's just that when he does do that one thing it's so fucking memorable that it sticks in people's minds mm-hmm. and in amike's defense david you're saying like it's rapey i'm like let's be real like i watch a lot of japanese shit all of the majority of Japanese mm-hmm. shit is rapey dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. let, like it's a real thing. Oh, like, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just you know saying I mean? that that's what people talk about. Yeah, no, By I, the I know way, um, one of the movies that mm-hmm. I really hope mm-hmm. one day gets translated, it was just before his pop off 1998 period. I think it was like mm-hmm. 95, 96, but it's a movie called peanuts mm-hmm. and it's just about homeless people in Tokyo mm-hmm. still has not been translated. But as soon as that does, we're doing an episode on it because that t- I I, I want to see how a young Miike makes this kind of goopy, the blindside, sentimental mm-hmm. movie about homeless people. Like what mm-hmm. he does with that. That to me is very interesting. Well, he's got that movie Shangri-La. Have you seen that? Uh, uh-uh, I haven't seen. That's that. also the, that's about homeless people. Uh, but it's like it's like a comedy. Um, mm-hmm. that's that'd be an interesting that'd be an interesting one to talk about but uh it's also a little bit different you know it's got the mikaisms in it but it's a little it's a little different and it's in that same vein in that same world uh um but i just think it's fucking interesting that like that like certain criticisms about mike um kind of apply to like a lot of japanese shit uh, that's something I've been thinking about a lot where I'm like, I don't know. It's, it, 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 I just find it fascinating. I find it interesting. Have you guys heard of this movie called, Vil- uh, it's called hyper villain or super villain. And basically it's like a, it's like a, a mockumentary. It starts out like a found footage movie kind of, it's like this guy who's a rapist and he's like recording his rapes and like, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm going to record. And he's like sending this to like people to see. And then a fucking crew decides to follow him like and record mm. it's kind of like man bites dog and like as he plans his next rape and then he makes mm-hmm. them like complicit in the rape like he's like this is the girl i'm gonna rape next and like and it's like super fucked up but it's a japanese it's not a Mike movie but this is what i'm saying like the japanese have this weird uh obsession with like and again, I always say this because I, I say the same shit over and over again, but like, I do definitely think it ties into the honor culture that they have in Japan, mm-hmm. but they have this obsession with like the, 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 defile, the defiling of women, like, you know what I'm saying? And they're sort of like their, their purity or, or the sort of the idea of what that even is. You know what I'm saying? You take a woman's honor from her. Like um, there's a, I see it across so much of the fucking Japanese cinema. Like, so it's like, when people level that criticism at Mike, it's like, yeah, but like Mike is just doing what like Japanese cinema does. Like, you know what I mean? Like whether you, you, you may have an issue with that or not, but that's like, it's not really, that's not something that you could say solely lies on, on as Mike as a filmmaker, as, as a person, either, even, you know what I'm saying? Not to even, not that it even matters, but you know what I mean? Like, but I do mm-hmm. see that a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot. I just see that a lot. It's like, Oh, Mike, you know, for people that don't like Mike, um, and it's also it also there's another level to it too with rape mm-hmm. in movies mm-hmm. where how do i say this a lot of people think rape is hot 
And I don't just mean men. I mean, pink movies literally have a whole subgenre of pink films that are that. Like, and it's not just men who like that. It's like right? rape fantasy. Like the whole movie is a rape fantasy. Like, and it's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's dozens, I mean, not even dozens. This is like it's hundreds, maybe thousands. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just all it's that. It's like yep. the whole movie is like some woman getting raped until she starts to like it. Because part yep. of the because part of the rules that the Japanese censorship had was that like you can show a rape, but you can only depict a rape if it turns into a consensual thing. Mm-hmm. Like because I watched this documentary called Pink Ribbon about about pink films, and that's what they talked about. They talked to all these like uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, all these other like directors who got their start in the pink in the pink genre, right? Making these pink movies, and they they broke down like you know they get twenty seven thousand dollars to make these movies, and it has to have a certain amount of sex scenes every ten minutes. And like the the way they got around the censors, you know what I mean? Like because mm-hmm. Japanese censors, like you can't show like certain, you know, obviously they blur out the body parts. For a while, you couldn't show butt crack. So, but then you could. So then they were doing that. But then like you could do a rape, but the rape has to like at some point she has to start enjoying it so that can get by the censor. It's these weird, very specific things where you're like, what the fuck? How is this passable? And it's weird because the way that they make it, it makes it even worse. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, really yeah. enough, like right. when you watch these movies, I'm like, that's that's better. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just, yeah, it's the shit is this. It's a Mike. You can't you can't divorce Mike when you talk about Mike. You can't divorce him from Japan and mm-hmm. sort of like the way that that whole industry, like how he came up in that industry and how that whole ecosystem continues to exist. You know what I mean? Like he's a product of that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and sort of like his obsessions, uh, you can't divorce his obsessions from that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, he's got a lot to say about Japan, but he also has a lot to say because he's like half Korean and like, mm-hmm. you know, and like, no, he's, he's all Korean. Actually. Are, is he all Korean? Is he all Korean? His parents are immigrants. Yeah. That's, that's what I was figuring. I knew there was something there. Like either he was part, one of his parents was Korean or they both Korean, but like in how Koreans were treat were treated in Japan, even to this day, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he, he's Japanese, but he's also Korean. Like, and there's that whole dynamic. And like, uh, there's a movie Go. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's a Japanese movie about like Kore- how how Koreans are treated in Japan. It's really fucking like. Uh, mm-hmm. That's also oh, another, it's rough, dude. Yeah, it's yeah, rough. yeah, yeah. It's also <laughs> another, it gives you another insight into who Mike is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so there's all kinds of shit going on over there that we as Americans like we don't have a full grasp of you know what i mean like so like when mm-hmm. we see it it seems so like what the fuck like uh and yeah i just think that like and i think americans too think like korean japanese what's the difference oh <laughs> there's a there's a difference oh let me tell you my <laughs> <laughs> they, they both they both make they both make uh great films i, I tell you that uh, they, do. Sure. <laughs> they do, they do. Yeah. yeah the handmaiden has a lot of good uh of good 101 korean japanese relationship in it that's a good yeah. movie that has mm-hmm. a little bit of that also has so a little the, bit of their perverted uh, what was his, shit with the what was his newest form. one like the the limits of perception was that what was the oh, one with the uh yeah i watched that uh it looks like a, it's basically like an expensive iphone um <laughs> commercial it's the, um, it's, again? The, it's the part the, the part chan wook one with the with the girl who she buries herself something for leaks yeah yeah i know it's a decision the, to leave decision to decision leave, to leave. Decision thank to leave. Yeah, you I liked, I liked it i liked it yeah very hitchcock limits of perception was the yeah. jarmusch yeah. movie yeah um but yeah, yeah but, no 
she's Korean in that movie, right? Or no, yeah. she's a uh, one of them's Japanese or something. One of them's Japanese, one of them's Korean. Yeah. yeah but yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of like there's a lot of history there between, you know, cuz Japan used to occupy them at one point. Um brutal. Brutal yeah. shit too. Like <laughs> Japanese people, when we're talking mm. about histories of war crimes and brutality, mm. uh Japan cannot be left off the the rogues gallery of some of the countries that have done it the worst. Um, but hey, they make anime, so that's cool. I mean, we can't. I mean, we live in America. We can't say shit about that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I like, think I, you know what's really interesting about that is <laughs> you're right. You're right. But when it comes to having an isolated ethno nationalist state. Japan might be undefeated in terms of of wiping otherness from its I mean that's what we're taught with Nobunaga and the the three unifying emperors you know like what a lot of Japanese people are arguing about like who's better and who's not it has everything to do with their willingness to, because again Nobunaga was the one who was more sort of pliable to western interests I yeah. guess. And now he's a demon forever. Mm -hmm. But uh, Iyasu or whatever that to, to, Tonkungawa Iyasu, sorry, everybody for getting that wrong. But uh, the guy who was the silence dude, who was like burying Christian monks head down and letting, you know, ants eat their faces and shit. They're like, that was the good one. That was the he, you know, he's he's pushing them out. So, so it's kind of like, in their defense. In their defense, though, like you know, like you got to look at it from like they they were they just geographically had a, had a fucking advantage for so long because they were this yeah. isolated ass island that With they the could sea. do that. Yeah, no it was hard. No for navy it. could cross that sea. Right, and then it was so it was yeah. easy for them to be like when they decided to have like imperial ambitions for them to go and occupy other like you know, Asian countries, whether it's China or Korea, you know what I mean? Like they were in a perfect position to sort of do that. Um, if Agitator was a podcast about German cinema and we were real Germanophiles, <laughs> it would be a lot more problematic <laughs> than, than the one we have because we tend to remember the Japanese side of that, or I'm sorry, the, the German, German side, side of that. Yeah, yeah. And not so much like with Japanese, it's like, oh, they probably like Dragon Ball Z and, you know, whatever. Well, but I mean, we were like, this is a podcast all about uh, German cinema from 1910 our, up to the present. Uh, and the how Lenny, great it the is. Lenny Riefenstahl, Riefenstahl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, fucking, yeah, but I, I think like people give Japan a break because we drop nukes on them. You know absolutely. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. that's because, what it is. It's like, because we the, did the actual. Right thing, right. So it's like it just kind of canceled out. It's like, yeah, y'all were teamed up with with Third Reich, but like we did like new Hiroshima, Nagasaki, like that, which yeah. we know was fucked up. So like it's one of those mm -hmm. things where it was like, <laughs> like our bad. Know, it's like, yeah, our, oh, well, I guess we got to leave y'all alone. We can't be too hard on y'all. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and all the, and all the weird shit that crawls out of the fallout from that. I said something right. in the Discord mm -hmm. recently where just everything is fallout in Japan. Everything they've created is technically fallout. And uh, I believe that. And I love them for it. My favorite people. I tried to, uh, and I might. Especially the racist part. Yeah, our that. next logo is going to have the uh, rising sun background. 
That would be tight, yo. <laughs> <laughs> just, just have Mishima on it. Just, just Mishima is our logo. <laughs> Shout out to Mishima, goat. <laughs> uh great books uh yeah <laughs> fantastic writer one of their yeah. best writers in my opinion um, um, yeah that's that's another whole other thing yeah they got a wild yeah. history man like their history is fucking fascinating um and they're a lot older of a society too so you gotta you know mm-hmm. there's a lot more more there so it's a lot more of a more ancient culture and you know america is very much a, a young culture you know um, they yeah. really put the war and culture wars over mm-hmm. the like so many like legitimate will burn down your fucking mountain because we uh want to modernize and you don't mm-hmm. <laughs> we want electricity and you want to just drink from a bowl and uh mm-hmm. so we're gonna we're our mortal enemies now I mean, just think yeah. of the concept of a samurai dog. Like, just think of it. So it's tight. Like, it's so, <laughs> so like the Samurai <laughs> Ronin Ninja. And I, I was thinking about that watching this show. I always think about this whenever I watch any Japanese production that's based in this period. I know a lot of them take place with the introduction of guns. Mm-hmm. But from 1183, which is when the samurai period really kicked off, and is what made a lot of people hate samurai all the bad shit aside you had dudes just wandering the countryside with swords and it was you had to be fucking about that life you had to stand on business if like you came up on somebody who had another sword and you're like wait who are your loyalties to and they were like i'm loyal to blah 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 and you're like well we have to fucking fight to the death now and you lived or died based on how nice you were with that sword. I'm sorry, dude, that's just tight. That's just fucking cool. Yeah, like, yeah. it's definitely like right now. I would, <laughs> if that was the way that life was now, I would definitely be like the guy with a backhoe, you know, in a field, like, you know, fuck him up, Sasuke. I got you. I got your back. And then whoever won, I'd be like, I don't know who said that. That wasn't me. But ideally, conceptually, <laughs> It's just a cool, it's a cool way of living. Yeah, it's, it's really like, it's, it's, it's what like American Westerns sort of like the way they fetishize the gunfighter. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's sort of the similar deal with, with sort of the, the Japanese fetishization of the samurai, which mm-hmm. is like this badass who walks around with a sword and like, you know, it's like, you challenge another motherfucker to the, to the death. You know what I mean? Yeah. America, of course, we did it with gu- our shit. Is like, oh, we got guns. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. pull a gun. Like, you know what I mean? The whole history of America mm-hmm. is that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark where he pulls the gun out yeah, on, the, on the turban, dude. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's yeah. us. We're just like, oh, we have a gun, so whatever. But like, yeah, that whole idea and like the honor shit really appeals to me too. Of just having these principles and not straying from them even when it doesn't make sense you know you're Mm -hmm. completely surrounded and someone's like hey if you just come join me Mm -hmm. you'll be okay i won't kill you and you just say you know what i'm not gonna join you and you're not gonna kill me i'm gonna fucking cut my guts out yeah i'm gonna take out this tonto blade (laughs) (laughs) well people don't realize that like a lot of the most of the american westerns were based on the samurai movies anyway like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, like, a lot of American directors, John Ford and all, they were, like, watching these fucking old samurai movies and, like, ripping mm-hmm. them off. I mean, like, honestly, Yojimbo was, you know, that's what... Uh, yeah. Yojimbo's the, the one where the they... they no 
they yeah. invented the the blood spray by accident in that movie, right? But to was be it fair, Yojimbo? yeah. But to be fair, Kurosawa was adapting Red Harvest, which is Dashiell Hammett. Like, right. uh, so I mean, this is agitator. How many levels yeah. deep are we? Yeah, into yeah, all yeah, this? yeah. How no, many levels deep is like mm-hmm. Mercy or Dying World? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's yeah. based off yeah. of things that are based off of. Be- but I think it was Yojimbo where the the squib that they had, like the hose, broke. And when I think it was Mifune actually like cuts the dude, just all this blood right. just gushes yeah. out. And yeah. they were like, you know what? That looks keep that. it. Yeah. <laughs> <Let's> keep <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was fucking. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was that. That was like a dope fucking like moment in like cinema history at that point. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because like how the blood, the arterial blood spray has been a thing since like that, like, uh, I I don't I can't get enough of it. You know, Mike lo- loves obviously loves it. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all, all the fucking like Japanese filmmakers who I, I I dig fuck with it. I mean shit, American filmmakers. I mean Tarantino does it all day. Like you know what I mean? Like arterial blood spray has just become a normal thing now. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. Like that was like Yojimbo was like a fucking uh, if you want to call it was an it. accident. Happy yeah, accident. Happy accident. Yeah. Happy yeah. Accident. It's a happy accident. Kelby, what Mikeisms did you notice in Onimusha? With a white dude, they got so one. His name is Alfred. Mm-hmm. So a Mikeism. Anytime there's some kind of like American shit reference or whatever, it'll be the most basic bit shit. You have a butler. His name is Alfred because that's mm-hmm. the American butler name. And that man's there's butler. an American president. His name is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? There was the um. The face dissect, like when they the, slice the face. Yeah, the, the yeah, face like, dissection. Yeah, 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 yeah. The facial trauma in general. Mm-hmm. Whenever, um, which is in a lot of Mike shit, like fucked up faces and shit. Mm-hmm. Whenever uh, Kaizen is, sacrifices himself to save uh, uh, Sayo from the burning hut thing, mm-hmm. he gets these like terrible like third degree burns, burns all over his face, face yeah. and shit yeah. he turns into two face for a little bit before it he seemed dies. like a, a grave of the fireflies reference too mm. actually like kaizen laying all burned and shit have you all seen that movie yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that yeah. probably definitely was a direct reference uh I, i'm thinking like kaizen you know i like the kaizen character his death was kind of like i knew that he was gonna die the moment that he was like you know basically like uh saying more or less that like i'm just here for the to, to, to make sure the gauntlet is turned returned back fuck the girl i was like oh he about to die bro like you know what i mean like i already knew it in my I brain thought he was about to get some magical powers when he was pushing that burning belt because oh, the yeah. bad guys put the girl by the way there's a of course the obligatory innocent girl character who becomes one day she's I, their leader really want, yeah. yeah she's their leader one day i really want people to break from that that's a that's a trope i don't love but um oh bro i love the little girl that, man she like, wasn't their leader they were that's like the way that you like you know when they they put the like the the retarded kid on the basketball court oh, you got the big shoot. boy pants on right yeah you're like, like shoot, everybody gets out of the way so he can shoot you know what i'm saying like that's the same kind of shit they're like i like how they all play along with it yeah they like you know what i mean we, she's oh, the leader even we, yeah, she's our leader but you know she's not like come on <laughs> like come on <laughs> They, they trap her in a burning uh, bell, one of those big-ass bells you find in Buddhist temples. 
and she's in the center of it and they let it on fire and she has to be saved Mm -hmm. so kaizen the monk who came along and for a while is kind of the uh he's sort of it's really interesting because there's a a thing that happens in books and movies where you have a a character who is the stand-in for the audience Mm -hmm. who doesn't know anything that's going on doesn't know any of the people and so Kaizen's kind of there to be that character for the audience. Yeah. Episode four, he decides to push the bell over and it burns the fuck out of him. And Mike basically kills your proxy in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is you, you're dead. He yeah. just killed Brad Pitt in seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just killed <laughs> Krillin from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, his name started with a K. He's a bald head monk. I was like, he, he yeah. kept reminding me of Krillin. Uh, yeah. yeah, I actually liked, you know, I, I, you know what else I, we didn't comment on? No one has talked about yet that we haven't really touched on is the animation style. Um, I actually, oh, yeah. It kind of reminded me of like that fucking show Archer, but like mixed mm-hmm. with like anime. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it had this kind of weird, like. Uh, Very computery. Very, right very this weird marriage of like computer cgi with like hand drawing mimicking hand drawing like it's it i liked it i thought it was interesting it was an interesting but like of, yeah mm-hmm. archer is like on a fixed south park scale of it looks like it was made in five seconds mm-hmm. this and is like a lot more detailed you know so I mean? many like mm-hmm. when we've we've done this a bit in different uh talking about animated shit where i want to talk about like the camera angles i don't know what you call it in animation but they this has crazy ass camera angles i mean well it. they do use a camera like a mock camera when you make that shit in like uh like the different sort of uh like 3d rendering apps like you'll have like a camera that they can change so there's literally a camera that they use right yeah 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 you know what i'm saying so it's like it is they're literally making shots and framing shots within the sort of compile like the 3d uh like whether it's i don't know what they use but like all of them have it you know what i mean like i fucked around with it before like they all have that camera so you're right like it is a kid they're literally using cameras just virtual cameras uh, right, like um, mm-hmm. Halo Three, going back to video games, mm-hmm. had that element where you could make your own, you could like record your own shit, yeah, create your own levels, and so you could switch between the different cameras, cameras to see yeah. different angles. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. So it is that, and in in this, you have like a where it'll start way up in the sky and follow a mm-hmm. snowflake all the way down into the battle, and then you're spinning around the battle scene, and uh, a lot of sort of three D esque shots of swords flying around and um i i fucked with the archer design with like attack on titan fluidity who yeah who did this which anime is this the same is this the like the chainsaw man people and uh i don't I, was it sublime sublime i think it was subliminal like, subliminal something like that right it wasn't the same because uh the guys i think it was subliminal, subliminal jihad <laughs> subliminal, <laughs> uh no uh like i think it was some company like that called subliminal sublime something like that um that did the the animation sublimation sublimation there you go that's what it was sublimation did that it's, it was it, i liked it I, I thought it was dope i even liked uh when fucking uh fucking uh 
Musashi became like an Oni and like he looked like he looked like um the cover of Future's Dirty Sprite 2. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like he looked like he was just like this was like a lean demon or some shit. <laughs> like, yeah, fucking purple, fucking this weird looking. Like, yeah, it was just fucking. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I I, I like the like the, the the way that they played with the style. Uh, and when they when they introduced a new kind of style into it, it always like made it more visually interesting than sort of like your kind of typical uh anime shit that I see. I mean that I watch at least. Um, so I fucked I fucked with the animation style in, in this for sure. At parts I even thought it was like almost like uh what do you call it? Uh rotoscope. You know, at certain moments yeah. I thought it was some rotoscope shit. Uh, but it clearly they weren't rotoscoping uh Tishihoro and Fuma. He's been dead for years. Like, you know what I mean? So like I don't know, like, yeah, it'd be interesting to like really see how they went about doing that. Uh, because it's definitely unique. They're they're a fairly new studio too, apparently. Mm. From what I see, there was only like five titles I found uh, in my ten seconds of research that I just did. Um, what did they do? They did this thing called Walking Dog Meat, uh, which just the title alone. Oh no, I mixed up two different uh, titles. Never mind. There's one called Walking Meat, and there's one called Dragon's Dogma. Mm. Shiki's <laughs> somebody write that. Uh, I think that's walking dog meat. <laughs> that sounds like a David James Keaton joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could pull that off. I do think um, it's. In, I do think. Sorry, go ahead, David. No, no, I, I got gonna, nothing. Go ahead. I was going to say. Uh, I do think it's interesting to go back to sort of like. Uh, the execution of an idea and like looking at something like this um and then sort of comparing it to sort of the things that we see uh over here specifically because like um i don't know like we see uh we see certain things sort of like Mike's good about this i feel like artists that you tend to like or at least i think that we tend to fuck with are pretty good about this of like reappropriating a, a something, whether it's an IP, um, you know, a pre-existing intellectual property or whatever, or just an idea from a pre-existing, uh, you know, IP, and making it our own. You know what I mean? Um, and like, I feel like with Onimusha, it was like, okay, they took, they had the license, the literal license to do it, and he just took it and made their own, their own thing out of it, right? Like, fuck it, like throw it to the side because but when I look at like for example like I just found out today that like Robert Rodriguez has a new movie with uh Ben Affleck which is basically like his ripoff of Cure like so it's like Cure but like if it sucked you know what I'm saying and like uh, <laughs> and I, listen, I like Robert Rodriguez like I have a I have a soft spot for him because like I, I grew up like loving like El Mariachi Desperado uh-huh. And even when he makes dumb movies, I do feel like uh, there's something that like there's still some fun. There's some funness to it. Like as a I creator, think Machete. I think Machete yeah, as a creator, like I just feel like even he, when even when he misses, there's something admirable about his. Have you guys ever had your your dad catch you beaten off? No, no, my dad did one time, and it was to the Desperado, Desperado. Salma Hayek sex scene. 
Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. Like, I, I thought, I thought, I thought the whole <laughs> house. I thought I had the whole house to myself, <laughs> and I had my VHS where I'd, I'd recorded it, and I was like rewinding it, and then beating, and then rewinding, and then beating. And then I hear the door go, and like Dad walked in. I was like, oh, and you know, he just he played it cool. He knew he knew the the guy code. He just like yeah, walked like, walked away. He's like, no, didn't see anything. Anyway, continue. <laughs> that was that was that was cool of him. <laughs> but yeah, like I look at that, like I look at I look at like something like that. It's called hypnotic too, by the way. But it's like it's basically cure. Like you look at you watch a trailer, like this is cure with Ben Affleck if it was like bad. Like, you know, um, and I haven't watched it, so maybe it's fun. I don't know. Man, look- ben Affleck ain't Mexican. What is right, like- right, right, right. I, I don't know. But you know, it's Robert Rodriguez, so you know, he's not Mexican either, even though he is. Uh shout out to Robert. <laughs> 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 okay, hold on. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, I, I know his, I know his, uh, I know Alvaro. A shout out to him. I know that uh, he's his uh, cousin, and he he uh, he wrote Machete, the first one, and um, I ha- I know him, but like I just I make that joke like, like Robert's not Mexican. I mean, he's clearly Mexican. He's got like a million kids, and like you know, he's from the Texas. <laughs> he's clearly Mexican. <laughs> he wears boots, and he's got a. Million he's Mexican kids. as fuck, but you know, like, but he's, but he's almost kind of not. Like, he's got, I, a, I remember, he's got the I, hat, and he's got a bunch of kids, and you know. Yeah, you know all the stereotypes. No, but like he used to go to like when he made uh El Mariachi, and he went to Mexico to shoot it. Like I think like he he couldn't speak he couldn't speak spanish for real like oh, and they looked at him like a gringo like you know what i'm saying that's right. why i say when i say like right. oh he's like a mexican but he's like but like to actual mexicans they looking at him like probably like i mean you are mexican but you're you know like mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. kind of like a gringo to us you know not to us but to them um so yeah and then i look at i look at something like that but then i look at like the books books too like you know for example like that book that uh that eric laraca book that's like basically like sluts if it dennis cooper's the sluts if it was bad like that kind of shit you know what i'm saying like you know like the, oh yeah the one shout the out one to eric laraca. The, uh, <laughs> i'm so glad some some uh we got shots fired i just episode. say that because i see a lot of that where i like you see a lot of like um people taking ideas and like uh making their own like version of it over here or yeah. yeah. you know and then like there's good there's good ways to do it and there's bad ways to do it um but i feel like the industry standard is to do it you know what i'm saying because I, I like i'm pointing to two recent things like that that eric LaRocca book which is successful and and in this new robert rodriguez movie which i don't know if it's doing well or not it just came out but the point is like you can point directly to real world examples of people saying oh this thing but i'm doing it like and mm-hmm. like the departed can, right the departed is that it's yeah infernal affairs but it's like done in a way that's like better like not better than infernal affairs i think i think i i, I fuck with martin scorsese but i do think infernal affairs is better than the departed yeah, but sense. you know but 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 i'm just saying like i say all that to say like when i look at stuff that gets made now that's uh, already a, like based on another thing even if it's not official like i'm always thinking like I'm always thinking from the standpoint of like, okay, what did they do to it to make it mm-hmm. their own? And this is a perfect example of something that like, even though it was, yes, it was a video game before, for sure. But like, this could have been something completely different in the hands of different people. Mm-hmm. And because it's not that, because it's not what what I feel like it would have been if it came through like Hollywood, like, I think it's better for it because it doesn't mm-hmm. 
it actually takes risk and actually attempts to make something that's made from a viewpoint uh, with a voice like and i feel like most shit that gets filtered through the system over here is the whole thing is about like filtering the voice out as you know what i'm saying like yeah. through every level mm -hmm. like till it gets to this to its perfect product that is in you know right. what i mean like this idea of a perfect commercial product you know what i well, mean well the like, very easy example would be in the marvel movies that all have a different director to it and, and it like, doesn't matter who they are, right? What right. really? The, right. This... You got Kenneth Branagh to do they, this one, right? They, yeah, they right. <laughs> it's amazing that they could take a director with a fucking very unique perspective and very strong voice, and it's completely like once it gets through that, it could be anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, bro, they ruined Cop Car, dude. I loved Cop Car. Yeah, I thought Cop that was Car. A great yeah, 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 you're right. He you're immediately right. like Spider Man. He he directed the worst Spider Man did... movies of all time. Which one did he do? Mark all Webb, of right? Them. Homecoming. Uh, the... Or no, Mark uh, Webb. No, Mark Webb did the. He did the ones with uh with Homeboy, <laughs> uh Andrew Garfield. He did the the newer ones are the dude from Cop Car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the newer ones with the with the short dude that's dating Zendaya. Oh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. Tom Holland ones are the guy who did Cop Car. Mark Webb, he did that other fucking 51, what is it, Summers or something the, with the girl from New Girl. Oh, 50 Days Five, of Summer? 500 Days 500. of Summer. 500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 40 that guy days Mark... and 40 nights. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the sixth yeah. sense. But they do, they do that. They'll snatch up a guy a filmmaker who's who's made like one or two sort of like indie darlings you know the are the movies that do well on the festival circuit that they get a gerwig yeah and then they'll like be like okay so now you do what we say you know and like get mm -hmm. it because they've tried that with more established directors and it like they have problems because they have actually can be like no fuck you you know what i mean mm -hmm. like um mm -hmm. even though the, the shane black iron man was actually a shane black movie um mm -hmm. And you could tell because Shane Black's been in the industry for a long time. He could probably probably threw his weight around a little bit. You know what I mean? It was like, eh, I'm going to do it this way. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's one of the rare Marvel movies that feels like it's from somebody. You know what I mean? As opposed to it feeling like anybody could have made this movie. Um, yeah. like so. And I feel like Mike just doesn't know another way to be. Mm. Because uh, a lot of people don't know this. And Kelby and I are going to have to do a show on it soon. But he did the yakuza movie like the yakuza video games mm -hmm. he did he did the movie like a dragon um and when you watch it it's just a mihike movie except at the end the protagonist's fist glows blue and he starts punching people really hard and you're like <laughs> what the fuck is this <laughs> But I like that attitude about the so it's whole like thing. it's like it's dead alive four then right <laughs> basically yeah it's it's you're literally like what the fuck just happened he got yeah. dragon power at the end of the movie um but I like and and I think that um there's a kind of autistic attitude that you can take towards making your own shit that maybe Mike has where. I'm just trying to put myself in the in the shoes of the suits who have to deal with him when he's making their movie. And I just feel like he would be this unwavering guy who's like, I don't know what you mean. You know, I don't know what you mean by I have to make this movie more this thing or that. Have you guys seen Terraformers? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched that one, but yeah, I know. Speaking about of it, Robert it, Rodriguez, it, I think it's the Spy Kids of BK's career. Yeah, it is, and it's great. It's All I know great. is I remember I like I have I actually have a copy of Terraformers, but like I just know they got those people with the fucking those bodies armor suits, those white body armor suits on it. They all like, turn into bugs. Everybody oh. turns into bugs. It's really good. Rios <laughs> loved it. We watched it together, and then I and then I showed her the manga where all the roaches are very clearly black people, and she was like, "Oh, I don't know if I like this." I was like, "They don't do it in the movie." And the, the, the movie's fine. <laughs> there you go. Um, the little... movie's fine. The manga's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the manga is more biblically accurate. And then, Listen, the, as as somebody <laughs> who grew up, somebody who grew up like trying to you know try to defend Mr. Popo's existence, like you know, <laughs> every right? black kid, Another, every yeah. black kid, every black friend that I have has a story. Mr. Popo about, is not. It's not. It's not. It's an alien. He's not, not a. Bl- he's an alien. He's, not black. <laughs> like he's an alien. The, I'm glad I mean, it's a, it's a racist the, alien, but <laughs> all the all the white people who are listening are like, Google yeah, Mr. Popo yeah, right dude. now. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Google Mr. that. Popo's an alien. Sure. Right? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I mean, another thing that's funny about Dragon Ball Z is like all the aliens like have like turbans and shit. Like that's another weird thing. Like. No, yeah, so you know, um, yeah. you know, Japanese See, Piccolo is the view others as alien, <laughs> but so just to get back to like, and this is what I think, um, part of this show is my obsession with tie in novels and IP, and how some authors and filmmakers approach IP, and others, you know, seem to get sucked into this whole like all the edges get sanded off and they become kind of tools for this thing. But, you know, Brian Evanson wrote really good dead space novels and alien and halo and meek a scene, whatever property you give him. It always seems to be a meek a movie. And I think that there is a, there's a force of personality there, but I also think that it's a mindset thing too, where I've read so many interviews with this guy and, you know, I've read all the Tom Mess books, shout out to Tom Mess. We haven't slandered you in like a hundred episodes. So you can come on the show now if you want to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it seems to me that Mike, uh, he doesn't think about any of the things that we've just been talking about he just goes to make a movie and i think that's why he's my hero and why he's the godfather of this show because i do think that he's pure in his own way his movies can be good they can be bad they can be excellent they can be terrible but my love for him as a filmmaker which you know in this case this was a good one a really good one. Um, but my love for him is that he seems to just be this immovable stone that passes through these industries that otherwise chew people up and remains completely unchanged. That's why I love him. He just keeps making the next thing. Yeah, he's a yeah. definitely... Go ahead, Kim. And, and well, how going way back to when we brought up um, 
the Reddit haters saying it's like they just took an IP and attached it onto a pre-existing story they wanted to do. Duh, especially these days when that's like all you can do. Everybody, yep. every time you hear anything coming out of Hollywood, especially, it's like we're thinking about, you know, buying up more. We're more interested in intellectual properties and like mm. characters and uh I've been digging even deeper into behind the scenes and shit because agitator films going to be a thing starting in 2024, or I guess starting now, but like that people will actually see in 2024. But yeah, it's all this. We're more interested in intellectual property. It's like, okay, then are you the creator who's like, well, I really want to try my hand at the, at doing the Spider-Man lore justice or are you like me who would love a chance at Spider-Man to make that fool from Houston and <laughs> lean it the fuck up and like just totally I would uh I would do a one-off and uh just no multiverse shit and have to kill Spider-Man at the end too but like it's do you do you just take the aesthetic of it and drape it over this thing that you want to do do you put put your personality and voice like into this just like we were saying story plot who gives a fuck okay so give me any story give, spider-man cool i'm gonna do my h-town hood rat thing to spider-man now uh mercy even has a bit of that in it it's like okay the road and abraham and isaac mm-hmm. but i do my h-town hood rat thing to it a little bit mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's the adam Lair uh crypto transgression idea yeah 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 i like that i like that crypto transgression i like that uh it's interesting because what what you're what you're hitting on and what you guys kind of hit on a lot on agitator is sort of navigating this path of like a commercial artist and like trying to find like there's there's always those those ones mike to me is one of the one of them ones where 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 they have completely dedicated their careers to sort of existing as commercial artists but they've kind of figured it out like they've kind of figured it out in a way it's all i I compare him sort of to kind of like those guys who did like that era of those early pulp novelists kind of like those you know like the mcjohn c mcdonald's and fucking you know those guys who write these who would just bang out these books Mm-hmm. over and mm-hmm. over and prolific and they just sort of and when you go back and you read them they're like they were like hitting all of the sort of they were hitting all the marks that they were needed right for the sort of thing that they were producing but they're so fu- when you you're looking at it, there's so much shit that they're doing with inside those mm-hmm. they're coloring in the lines but they're doing so much shit within it that's like Oh, you can do that. Oh, you can like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, they can't help, but be sort of, um, they can't help, but be themselves. Like, like David was saying, like it's Mike is still Mike, regardless of whatever he's put, whatever position you put him in, whatever property you allow him to helm, it's still going to come out this Mike. Like, you know what I mean? Even if it's him adhering a hundred percent to sort of whatever it is they need him, it's still going to be, uh, Mike's baked in. Right. And I feel like mm-hmm. there's, 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 the key to sort of like existing and and keeping your sanity and actually making money doing sort of any kind of commercial art is to sort of find a way to produce at a certain clip and also sort of retain whatever 
unique uniqueness that makes you you which everyone has you know what i'm saying like uh but figuring out how to do that within the context of sort of uh the commercial uh arena yeah. you know yeah. what i mean and I, and I think that it it just hit me that the way to do this is to pretend say you're given an ip right i don't think any of the three of us are autistic but pretend that you are so you approach something uh you've been hired by a studio to make onimusha or ant-man or whatever right all the parts of your brain those normal parts that tell you like okay this is what it's supposed to look just turn all that shit off pretend for the duration of your stay as a hired gun for one of these studios that you can't tell the difference between the two things all you know is that you've been given money and instructions here's your money and the instructions are it has to have this character uh it has to follow these plot points and at one point the character's hand has to get set on fire with like a blue flame and without overthinking it and without uh you know intellectualizing what you're doing and philosophizing and navel gazing you go full retard mode you're like okay i can do that what i'm suggesting is a real embodiment from a non-autistic person of a kind of single-minded autism that can be really powerful if you can just shut certain parts of your brain off yeah go go full retard <laughs> yeah i get it absolutely I get it. absolutely yeah, I, I get it it's it's interesting because it's just like again like i feel like the question for most people um who are serious about sort of trying to make a a living or some are trying to carve out some sort of existence as a as a as an artist uh in in 2023 and in, in moving forward uh it's this weird sort of uh it's this weird question that you have of how do you maintain your integrity but also play ball uh enough to where you're able to continuously get uh work um and it's it's an it's an interesting thing because like people everyone's line is different you know what i'm saying like um and there's a there's a there used to be the gen xers were good about this right the gen xers were really good about like talking about this idea of like what the sellout is and what a sellout isn't you know what i mean um and like the generations that sort of came after they sort of as they don't really know what that means you know what i mean um mm -hmm. uh i don't even think to be fair i don't even think I don't even think Gen Xers really knew, like, other than that they didn't want to be like their parents. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't want to be like their parents. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, I'm mm -hmm. not going to go into a suit and be in an office. And then they and then they got older and they went and yeah. got a suit and went into an office. You know what I mean? But but this idea of like selling out, um, and what that means to you as an individual and how you kind of need to figure that out for yourself is the, is the ultimate question of 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 anyone pursuing the paths that we are pursuing you know what i'm saying like the, yeah, the you transcend it 
You yeah, transcend yeah. the question mm. of the sellout. Mm. You're 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 outside of it. You're mm. completely outside of it. Is he or isn't he? Well, it's kind of hard to say. Mm. And he takes everything that's thrown his way. I think that's something that's so fascinating about Miike mm. when you read interviews with him. He just gets approached by stuff and he goes, All right. Which is why for a period of time he was just directing J-pop girl band music videos because it was work. Like, all right, mm-hmm. I would like to see those now that I think about it. That sounds a hundred percent like me, honestly. Like that's what I thought of. That's when I said mm-hmm. transcendent, that's I thought of Kelby. I, you know, somebody whose personality and vision is so strong that it literally doesn't matter where the money is coming from. All that matters is that you have the money now. So you go do. I feel like it's the ideal place to be. Um, I think that when you scale that up to a Marvel scale, because none of the three of us would be good as a Marvel movie director. And I think I that's too hard. I would storm off that set. There was, yeah, yeah I, couldn't co- it, I couldn't coexist with Kevin Feige at all, dog. <laughs> you know but if, yeah, like, yeah. if somebody gave one of us the IP to Legends of the Hidden Temple, the, the Nickelodeon show and said, go make a movie about it. <laughs> that shit would slap. That, <laughs> yeah. that shit would be good. Where you, and you I, see I want, that actually I want in the treat. lower That's IPs. what I want. I want that. You want I, want um, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that's where you really see things starts because the goosebumps movie was good. Jumanji was good. It's these like lesser IPs where directors can kind of play. I agree. It's weird though, because it's like uh you're you're on to something, David, when you say this idea of like it transcending it and sort of like being mm-hmm. kind of like not really not even sort of being willing to even accept the premise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even accepting the premise of this idea that you guys are trying to like fit upon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something to that. I think there's something to have in that kind of mindset. When, when you're making shit in any sort of co- commercial capacity. Uh, but I do think that it's very interesting when you look at certain artists like Mike or like, I don't know, like Chester Himes is somebody I'm a fan of. And I, I kind of look, yeah. And I look at like, he had these early novels that were kind of like, got him a lot of praise. You know, he was writing from prison and then he finally got out of prison uh, and he moved to France. He started to do those, the, the Harlem cycle. Mm-hmm. And these were books that he just basically did for money. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are his most lauded works. And in, in he didn't really feel much about them at all at the times that he was writing them. But but later in life, he 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 came to to accept that like, no, that actually these are my greatest. This right. this is my greatest work. Like, you know what I mean? Like yes. this this fucking these little dime store Harlem detective mm-hmm. novels that set, you know what I mean? Like these are my greatest uh contribution. Um and sort of like the fact that he was just doing them mm-hmm. and just getting them out there and not and just thinking not even probably 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 thinking less of them. I mean, he did think less of them, uh, but maybe it's the fact that just he was just working. Um, you know, and- you know what Mike said when he was asked what Itchy the Killer was about? Yeah. You know, his what? response to that was, Kelby, do you know? It's a love story. A love story. He said it's a love mm-hmm. story. I mean, it I, is. I agree. 100%. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, it is. but yeah. but the reason why I bring that up is that it's it's on the same tip as the Chester Heim shit. Mm-hmm. He's telling a love story. 
in the in the through the mechanism of Yamamoto's manga, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm gonna tell a love story here. And Himes was telling, you know, whether he knew it or not, he was using this, you know, I have money. They have to be these pulp, you know, dime store novels or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the the essence, the hymn mm-hmm. of that thing seeped through. So Itchy the Killer's a love story. Uh, you know, his uh, you know, Heim's France dime novels are his best work. Mm-hmm. There's something to that where um and I think this might be a huge, huge, huge agitator key, maybe the biggest one, if there is one. And it's uh pushing this kind of ubermensch alpha male this is my vision thing to the side and by by suppressing it a little bit and agreeing to work within some confines you're you're actually giving it more space to move Mm. right because if somebody just wrote you a blank check and said ryan you know here's a million dollars go make a movie you it could go heaven's gate right like it, it could go crazy, but if they were like, "Hey, we need you to make," uh, I just saw it on my TV. So Blue Beetle, a Ryan Jackson Blue Beetle feature might be interesting. You know, if you if because that, I'm I'm working on some mystical shit right now. So if if people aren't spiritual, whatever, that's cool. But that's where I'm at. But I really do think that that it's it's like having gunpowder or gasoline or whatever. And when you are given sort of free reign, it's sort of like there there's no container for that gas. And when you are when you just kind of step back again and transcend and you take your ego out of it, because I think that, Another thing that I really like about Miike and that I aspire to be more like is I feel like he's one of the least egotistical filmmakers you could come across. When you take all that, you you just have somebody who has this life force and this creative brilliance, but no ego to like make the Takashi Miike movie. And so instead it's whatever container, you know, the yin and the yang, uh, the material, uh, numbers on a spreadsheet kind of like here's what we have to make he pours it into that kind of stuff and what you get is onimusha or blade of the immortal or yakuza or terraformers uh or japanese girl group music videos less enthused about that but i (laughs) i feel like i don't know uh this episode is great because i feel like i've come the closest to articulating it but there's there's something there there's an ideal balance between those two i'm doing that in practice right now for the first time actually where i've done you know obviously written and sold my own shit i've uh been a editor for hire a designer for hire whatever but like i'm writing a biography and got a column pitch accepted for Hussey magazine. So I'm writing about inter- interviewing, you know, niche fetishes 
of men from different backgrounds on one hand and on the other I'm writing the biography of a Mexican mafia member turned minister and so I'm restricted by this like Christian it's testimonial that, it's not that dude that'd be like Jesus Christ no 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 no, <laughs> no. uh this is a dude I actually came up with uh, okay. not okay. came up he's older he's you know older than me but like uh mm -hmm. um no, nah, I've known him like since I was a child and just ran into him and he goes, you right. I was like, yeah. And he was like, I've got a story nobody will pick because Christian, like a lot of Christian authors he's approached about his story won't do it because it's so dark. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was like, this sounds tight. Plus, I like a child like, OK, you know, I have to. I'm restricted from doing whatever the fuck I want because one, it's this story. It's a real life story. And two, mm -hmm. it is like edgier and it's for, you know, he's he's already got prisons pre-ordering it and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, but it is like a Christian thing. Right. So, so I'm restricted in things, but like, that's, I don't know. I like, uh, it, it is like what David said about having a container for the gas. It's like, ooh, I, I, I can, I can cook some sh shit up here. Like, I can work in this kitchen. Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, bro. Like, it, it's weird because it's like one of those things where, uh, you kind of like need to have built-in limitations. Um, weirdly enough, as it, it's so weird that like I, I hate. I hate limitations, but like I've grown to accept them and I actually grown to like kind of like appreciate them uh, because you're right. There's something about knowing where the sort of guardrails are that keeps you on like that keeps you on pace, that keeps you on the path when there when there's none. The tendency to roam is very, you know, I can go mm -hmm. anywhere. And that that can that can easily turn into some shit that's like spirals out of control. You know what I mean? Like it's very easy to go like, oh, I'm gonna go this way, I'm gonna go that way, I'm gonna, you know. And next thing you know, you're like, okay, I just made a universe. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, George R. R. Martin's next fucking, you know, you know, like fantasy world building kind of thing. Even though it's not a fantasy, you know, like you can easily go down that path. Uh, sometimes when you have when the, when it's when it's like just limitless, when there's no sort of you know uh limitations placed on you um it forces you to be creative because it puts your back against the wall right it's like writing and i know david you don't outline right so like i don't know i think kelby you don't either i don't outline but this i you know like they always say of like just kind of writing yourself into a corner and figuring your figuring how to get the fuck out like that challenge actually always produces the best shit for me and for the people it tends to at, at least i i tend to believe this i tend to believe like that's kind of like the way, you know what I'm saying? The way is to go where you're like, oh shit. Like, you know, like if you're just writing and then like, it's all like, there's no walls you're hitting, you know what I mean? In terms of like, okay, what do I do next? Then you're probably making some weak mid ass shit at, at best. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. yeah, because it's like, what the fuck? Like if, if you do, if you know, then chances are the people reading it know. You know what I mean? No, like, that's, no writing is all alchemy. However yeah. you feel when you write, mm -hmm. what you write is how your reader feels. Doesn't right. matter what you do. But I will say that 
recently I've become obsessed with things like craft and plot. Mm. I did an episode with uh, Glenn and Banjo Jack for uh, State of Fear. Mm. So I got back on my Michael Crichton tip and how he plotted things. And well, he's he the mo- such Michael Crichton is the most plot and his plotter of the plot. You know what I mean? He's, he's the, he's the <laughs> plottiest plotter he, that he ever plot plotted. For real, for real. And, yeah. um, <laughs> but I'm fascinated by that because mm. I, even though I haven't quite on this show been able to articulate it yet, I just, I have this hunch or inkling that whichever way you skew on the spectrum, plotter uh you know dead prose whatever (laughs) and then you go over yeah you go over to the other side you're a pantser you're 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 david lynch making you know just get 70 index cards and then you have a movie um whichever side you're on it behooves you to try to go the other way it's just balance it's Mm -hmm yin yang fucking balance of the universe type shit and so whatever you don't do you should try to do the other thing and you're gonna see i mean kelby's read war in heaven that was my first attempt at having a plot (laughs) Mm. i don't know if i succeeded in having a plot but it's a good book so it's a really good example of that trying taking somebody who doesn't give a fuck about that shit trying to give a fuck about that shit mm-hmm. and also what we're talking about and being that middle ground of commercial i think war in heaven is the perfect like step in that direction it, like it is a step in that direction for sure mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. a solid step where it's like oh no personality lost no compromise but this feels more commercially viable. I 100%. thank you. I think that I appreciate that. I think that Mike would be if he was American, he would be David Lynch, right? If he was just given free reign, if if you gave Mike the money to say like go make a Mike movie, it would look very similar to Lynch movies. And you do have examples of that in his filmography where like Izo, I think Izo, 2004's Izo was like right after his um, 98 through 2021 uh, just period of brilliance. He made everything from 98 to 2021. Itchy. 2001. Uh, uh, you're right. Yep. Yeah, sorry. 2001 itchy audition dead or alive everything and then 2004 rolls around they gave him money and they said make a movie and he made Izo, and it slaps go check out the Izo episode if you want to know more about that it's awesome but it's also you can't make 20 Izos. you can make one right he needed that energy to go back into a property after that and i think right after Izo, i think it was 2005 or 6 that you get one miss call yakuza like he's going he's back to ip genre type stuff so for every 20 you get one of those Izo is great though I'm not hating it on is Izo. It, no yeah it is but 
yeah no i get what you're saying because even with lynch um lynch for me is somebody who i think he gets an unnecessary amount of hate from people who just like to have a hot take about him Mm -hmm. uh because there's a lot of artists who want to be like lynch ain't shit but he's somebody who i can't just have uh oh yeah lynch let's watch another lynch and another it's like he's Mm -hmm. like a holiday right his his shit i know i mean i don't know exactly what i'm gonna get if i've never seen it before but i know what i'm getting into Mm. and i can come back to that later Mike is individually somebody who can take on any skin at all. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get Mike, but you, there's never been a Lynch that wore a different skin other than Lynch. Dune, well, there's Dune, Dune I guess. Dune, Dune which he disowns, um, so I don't know yeah, if it yeah, even yeah. counts well, that there's, much. There's, you know, Lynch is a great example because Mulholland Drive is my favorite Lynch movie, and then Inland Empire, and then actually no, it goes Mulholland Drive, The Return, and then Inland Empire. Those are my top three, right? But Blue Velvet all the way, Blue Velvet, Blue, Blue Velvet, Velvet slaps. Like I love so Lost that, Lost Highway is my favorite. Wild at Heart is great too. Oh, and Lost Highway, uh, that's a good point. But check it out. So Lost Highway is your favorite. Uh, Lost Highway was written by Barry Gifford and Twin Peaks is written mostly by Mark Frost. And so he always, so Lynch is a person who has this duality that we don't often acknowledge where we think of him as this singular iconic filmmaker, but he all like his best work for the most part, besides Inland Empire, which is just him. That's his Ezo, right? Ezo Inland Empire. That's, that's the same kind of thing he has this anchor who's bringing him back right because gifford who wrote wild at heart uh, and lost highway he's so fucking good but he's the guy who's you know pulling him back basically mark frost is pulling him back in dune he's being pulled back which i loved it i think his dune is great um it is better than denis vanilla vanilla bombardish I didn't watch it, so I can't comment. I just, I didn't. I saw, it, I saw it had throat singing, and I thought that was tight, but I, I can't. I didn't I see mean, it, so I can't. It, I will say this: the, 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 the new Dune feels big. You know what I'm saying? In a way that, uh, like, it just feels like, oh, this is like a movie. It feels like that. I mean, there, there's, it's, it's kind of forgettable though, like, mm-hmm. uh, in a way, because like I remember watching and being sort of impressed with the scale, but then I also was like, I forgot about it. Like, you know what I mean? Afterwards, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it doesn't have that staying power. Um, like say, even, even, even if you don't like the Lynch movie that you don't, you kind of remember it, you know what I mean? In a way, in a weird way, regardless. Yep. Yep. Uh, but I feel like it's interesting that you, you would think that like, if Mike was over here, he'd be a Lynch. And I'm wondering if that would be true because like Mike's whole approach is so workmanlike and mm-hmm. Lynch is operating hundred percent from like an artist's, you know, he, I think like when I think of Lynch, the only comparison I can think of is somebody like uh Hodorowski or somebody you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying where it's mm-hmm. like they're these guys are making like they're coming from this like very art house kind of mm-hmm. headspace and they're making these movies and you see it, both of them have had attempts at making more mainstream things but a moment the moment that they got the range to do that and they did it they immediately rejected it and went back mika mm-hmm. is just like 
dog. Like, I just want to work. I'm going to work. And then he just so happened to be an artist. You feel, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and, mm -hmm. and, on, mm -hmm. and only that, like by the fact that he did so many films, like he's honing his craft. So it's like, there's no way he can't make a movie after he's made hundreds of them. He's made so mm -hmm. much more movies than the most, most people, you know what I mean? That it's like, no, he could probably make a movie in his sleep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, mm -hmm. it's going to be good to a certain degree because he's just that more seasoned than anyone. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. there's a rare right. amount of, there's a finite amount of people who've made movies at that degree in the modern, in the modern age. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can count those guys probably on one hand. He's one of them. You know what I mean? Like Roger you know, Corman is another yeah, one. Yeah, Corman. You know what I mean? Like you could, there's not a, in America for sure. There's not. But again, you got to remember this too. Like Japan has no unions. Like there's mm -hmm. none. So this is a totally different kind of. It's a kind of. There's a totally different kind of emphasis on like, uh, like it makes more sense for someone like Mike to do that over there because like you got to think about it with no unions. Not only do you have to doesn't have to worry about those regulations, but also like because there's no unions, the pace the pay scale is very different. So it's mm -hmm. like, it makes more sense for him probably financially to do a bunch of movies because mm -hmm. it's like, he's not going to get like union guarantees, you know what I'm saying? As a director, because there is no unions, like they have zero. So it's like, mm -hmm. whatever they're going to pay him is whatever they're going to pay him, whatever he negotiates. So probably he's going to do 25 films, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, in like mm -hmm. a span of like two, three years, because- I would forever argue that greater benefits society too. Cause like, I, mean, it, I can't, it, I can't live off doing one kitchen remodel. I have to do as many as I fucking can right into a year, you know, but it's also one of those things where it's like, while for him, it works, it's not scalable for everyone else. So that's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, you wish there was some guardrails built into the Japanese system that would make it have a, a system because right now the Japanese film industry is kind of like, they, they view it as dead. Like, you know what I mean? They view it as like, yeah, like there needs to be a second new wave or something to like re revitalize it because right now it's not, it's not really uh, a thing like it used to be. Even in the early two thousands, there's they're sort of at a weird space. You know what I'm saying? From my understanding, in terms of the industry over there, um, and here we're at a weird space too. But it's like for opposite reasons almost. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and it's just mm -hmm. weird. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like balance, yeah, balance. balance. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I think that if you think of <clears throat> somebody's artistic soul, <clears throat> I think that Lynch and Mike have the same soul, the same type of soul. <clears throat> I think that they are refracted through two different uh, bodies that were born in two different cultures. And I think that the workmanlike attitude and the propensity to make yourself unimportant and more just a cog in a wheel is a factor of Mike's upbringing. But I do think that like, if it were, if their souls, that, that, that core element of them were switched, there would be no change at all. Like if Lynch was Mike and Mike was Lynch, but they had been born in different ways, you'd get that same type. I think it's cultural is what makes yeah. them, them different. Was it there two episodes named Yin Soul and Yang Soul in, in Onomusha? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yin Soul and Yang Soul. Yin, yin Soul yeah. and Yang Soul. <laughs> I do think, and it's also interesting to me that you bring mm. up, um, you know, the Japanese film industry and its problems and then the mm. American industry and its problems. And the concept of balance <laughs> mm. with a lot of things um, just doesn't seem to pop up very often. 
like, oh, hey, we've gone too far this way. Maybe we can go a little bit this way. It's yeah, um, it's always course over correction. It's never like because yeah. now I'm sure they're scrambling for what's the over here. It's like always what's the next thing. And then viewers start falling off behind whenever the industry can catch up to trying to make a return on their investment on all these fucking zombie projects and then all these fucking superhero projects. And then like, we know it's dead, but we have five more years of this shit already in the canon. So bear with us. And Mm -hmm. meanwhile, everybody's like, okay, movies suck. Uh, Let's (laughs) go play some video games. We're going to go watch Oppenheimer. Which people did, and people apparently have been going to see Napoleon, which just shows you that people mm-hmm. want different shit. They didn't go watch Indiana Jones Five, but they no. went to go watch Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And it's because people like diversity naturally. They just they want to see that shit. Like, give us something good. Um, we have final thoughts on Onimusha. I got to wake up soon to yeah, go teach <laughs> Gatsby. So <laughs> I, we had a week off and now I have to go teach uh, chapter five of the great Gatsby. Like nothing happened. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, it was, I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I had no expectations going in other than like the fact that it's Mike was attached you know, that that comes with its own for me, comes with mm-hmm. its own expectations. But beyond that, not really. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with the game. Uh, you know, um, I didn't realize this was a thing until David actually hit me up about it. I was like, oh, that's a thing. Um, so, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was a uh, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, in terms of like all the shit that's on Netflix, I'm like, um, yeah, like that recently. This has been the only thing besides the new uh, Fincher movie uh, that, that I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is dope. That's on Netflix. You know what I mean? Which says mm-hmm. for me, that says something if it's dope on Netflix, cause so much Netflix is such a fucking like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the zombies Dude, in this. Did movie. You, like, have, <laughs> like, you, have you looked up the, the computer, like the CGI matrix mm-hmm. show that Netflix has? What? No. Oh my God. They have a CGI. Matrix Go watch show. it. <laughs> It's hilarious. It's I didn't so know. I didn't even know funny. they had. Oh, oh shit! Uh, yeah, that, that I need to check that out. So it's a CGI. It's based on the Matrix. Yeah, and yeah. it's not like old shit. It's new shit. Oh, it's new. Oh, but fuck. it looks like dog shit, <laughs> and it sucks. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh my god! How'd they get their hands on that? Oh my god! It's under the anime character uh, category. If you want to say, I, I found it scrolling anime. I was like, what is this? And it's it's the Matrix, but it's uh, like PS2 graphics. I remember pretty... like I remember they put out the Animatrix. The Animatrix. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, I remember yeah, that a yeah. long time no, ago. This is not that. This is this uh, is the Animatrix was pretty fucking good. Yeah, I, I remember liking is, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's full of. Mikaisms, it's anime. It's Mike doing anime of all the shit he's done. He's finally, you know, worn the anime hat. Uh it feels like Mike. It's it's badass. Um 
Yeah, like y'all said, like if you have Netflix, I don't have Netflix. I watched a stolen fucking copy of this shit. <laughs> I'm not paying for Netflix. Where'd you get that? I don't know, but uh, no, it just fell out of the sky like mm-hmm. a a monk opened it up out of the box for me. Um, like an email from your friend. Yeah, like an email <laughs> from a friend. It just swooped in like a hawk. Uh, Final thoughts: Goromoru was one of those, or several of the characters. It's got it's that seven samurai thing, mm-hmm. you know. But all of these archetypes have their own personality for real, and like, uh, yeah, they're all good at something, and they're all but like, uh, the ugly dude can smell good, (laughs) right? Ugly ugly dude with his chin was fucked up too. He had like some sort of like weird. His ugliness never came into like the conversation in the movie either. He's just like, no, he's just that fuck ugly. Yeah, fucking ugly. Yeah. and the dude who the dude with the eagles like you said like this fucking like, so didn't they didn't one of the characters the dude with the glasses say that literally say seven samurai three are bad or some shit like that like literally mm-hmm. referencing seven, mm-hmm. seven samurai. oh that was my favorite oh i have to bring this up so mm-hmm. sayo who's this like nerd with glasses mm-hmm. uh he lives through the whole thing and he has kind of a double agent thing going on but not mm-hmm. really and then at the end of the show because he's kind of a bad guy he has to get his kind kind of not really but kind mm. of and he's in this tunnel walking out and then the tunnel caves in and just like fucking kills and he brings he brings it back to that thing from the first episode where he's like seven samurai and three are bad guys and then when they're like so we found out who the two traitors are who's the other traitor and modest yahoo is like uh um he's like well a bad guy doesn't necessarily have to be a traitor and he's like the third bad guy is me ha ha, ha. but then at the end is like, he's like so the third bad guy was me yeah, crushed, dead. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, but I liked it. I yeah, this, liked it. That, this series is great for that. It has several moments like that where there's like, yeah, you're dead. Like, bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 if you haven't watched it, yeah, definitely check. It's worth checking out. It's pretty. It's pretty entertaining. I was ple- pleasantly surprised. So yeah. Well, Ryan, thank you very much. You're one of my favorite guests. So smart so knowledgeable i try bro <laughs> uh, thanks thanks for having me on you, you guys know that i i fuck with agitators so you know it is it's it's definitely uh it's definitely a pleasure to chop it up with you guys as usual um yeah you yeah, know the so. agi- the agitator and mas love is a it's a it's 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 a balance it's a stream that goes back and forth so uh all right fellas gain full access to the archives bonus episodes read serialized novels on Yugen Junk Weekly, and gain access to the Agitator Discord over on Agitator Z. That's the $5 a month Agitator Z tier on patreon.com slash agitator.